And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. And we're back. <laughs> you hurt yourself doing that. I'm just, and I already have a bad back. <laughs> buddy, you fucking put your back into that one. Buddy, I've been juiced on the Somas. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> DJ. I'm, buddy, I'm thinking about trying the devil's lettuce. <laughs> I'm in so much pain. Some sweetie? Yeah. You're not going to smoke weed. I'm in so much pain. I've been you thinking might. about it. Yeah. Well, it's California sober, so you're in California. So I don't cool. know. I don't know if I'm ready to break it, uh, break my sobriety, but if it's it gets different. bad. It's different. It's not recreational. If, it's prescri- Recreation. if the doctors prescribe it, doctor's maybe. not going to prescribe it. I don't know, dude. There's Plus, a lot of- I could take you to a couple of doctors that would prescribe it. <laughs> Real legit guys. Um, guys, welcome to episode 58 of Down on the Docks. I'm Chris Neff. You already heard from my producing partner and um, sounds like almost d- new drug dealer, Dave Sarah. How are you? Hello. What's up, Good. pussies? <laughs> 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 I almost forgot my uh, my uh, new call. You know what's funny is I think that we're the only ones that are going to laugh that hard at yeah. what just happened. Nobody's this shows laugh. for us and yeah. nobody else. And it's, it's just a real like, Andy Kaufman situation. Yeah, Zamuda. Kind of the way it is. You're either with you're us. You're the Zamuda. You're either with us or you're just like, these guys aren't even on my radar. Yeah. You know, fuck these guys. Uh, it's episode 58 uh, down on the docks. If you're just joining us and just discovering our show down on the docks. Dave, tell them what this show is all about. What do we you do know, here? We do, uh, this guy, Chris Neff, he watches these documentaries and then he explains them to me and then I try to make it funny because he's not. And um, of course, part of that is true. Yeah. What you just said. Um, yes. <laughs> more importantly. You do watch documentaries. Yeah. I, I, the goal is to try, try and get, get me to watch, get one. watch one. Yeah, and it's not, it has not happened it yet. It hasn't happened yet. Not yet. Um, Maybe one day, though. I know we're halfway through this Beanie Baby, uh, Beanie Mania documentary. Yeah, Beanie Mania. Are you thinking that maybe there's a chance? Absolutely not. Okay. Especially so. not this one. I think we came pretty close a couple of weeks ago with one of them. I don't remember. Oh, the rock climbing one. Yes. We came, we came pretty close with that because I am quite interested in rock climbing. Yep. But uh, documentaries, just not my, just not my snag. Okay, so um, before we start uh, today's show, um, guys, find us on the internet and support us if you want to. Go to Twitter and find us at Down on the Docks, uh, or go to Instagram and find us at Down on the Docks Pod. And um, buddy, I checked our our, our mailbag on yeah. our email. Right. Uh, not a lot of mail in there this week. No. So reach out to us at down on the docks at gmail.com. There Send us a recommendation. Or if you're feeling frisky, join the Discord. Yep. And make some new friends. And a lot we of have new our friends own, in there. And it is growing every day. We have our own section in there, though, called uh, Docs to Recommend. You can drop them in there. Yep. You can also meet some really cool people like Delirious Biscuit and yeah. uh, Danielle. Some of the best. It, Danielle, the most wholesome streamer on Twitch. That guy's a big deal on Twitch. So uh, we're <laughs> happy. Happy that they streamed the so late at night that he's got a huge Australian audience, which is hilarious. Oh, I forget to keep telling, forgetting to tell you this. Do you know who our number three audience is? Uh, Australians. Yeah, that's correct. That's awesome. So we it's go. Probably, thanks, Danielle. <laughs> we go. Um, we go. United States, <laughs> nice. Canada, nice. Uh, Austria or Australia, Australia, 
Then we go, this is weird, uh-huh. Portugal. Whoa. Yes. And then the UK. Wow. So I thought that was kind of interesting. interesting. The Guiche. Like <laughs> the Guiche. The fucking Guiche the dig the show. I like that. More the than geesh. the fucking limeys. Dude, like, Guiche in Armenian means like idiot. Guiche? Like, what a fucking Guiche. Dirty idiot. Yeah. Almost retarded. Um, of course, the show. It helps when you have a sponsor, and we're lucky we do. Yeah. So uh, before we start today's show, Dave, can you tell us um, who this week's episode is sponsored by? This week's episode of Down in the Docks is brought to you by Broccoli Farms, established in 2016 San Diego. By the way, Broccoli Farms 619 on Instagram. Mm-hmm. San Diego, California by Candace entrepreneur Anthony Bird, our friend Anthony. Nice guy. Never met him. Great guy. Never met him. Broccoli Farms is a modern take on cannabis brands around the world. By combining new terminology involving cannabis worldwide, Anthony created a cannabis brand that uniquely represents the entire cannabis industry as one. Broccoli Farms. How many times did I say cannabis in that sentence? Three, four, maybe five. Four. I think four times. You know what? That's also my fault. The lowest delivery minimum in San Diego, bar none. All right. Devil's lettuce. Yeah. You got to get some sticky strips. Actually, no. Don't do it like that. No. Do not uh, metabolize it when you're liver. You might go crazy. Oh, it, wait. <laughs> Edibles. Wait. <laughs> Marijuana cigarettes, if you smoke them, they're yes. just metabolized. They're not metabolized in it's, your bloodstream. It's How does it work? It's metabolized like that through, through your lungs, and that becomes a detrahydro cannabinol uh-huh. and then um oh, like, somebody sounds like they like read that. a book it's something like that no so just, when you smoke and then, marijuana and then when you cigarettes it, and i'm not talking about eating necessarily just the weed i don't yeah. even know if you can just eat the weed like that I'm oh not, you can i've okay. done it okay but it, but regardless like the way they make edibles and all that stuff yeah. um oh it's metabolized differently it's metabolized yeah. through your liver yeah and it becomes a different type of drug did you really entirely. think did you really think they had to do something chemically to it to put it into fucking pot brownies to make it work well they do they no, you, no. you make it into way, butter way before they did butter and shit yeah we would literally just go eat weed we would eat weed i get well you're, you're stupid i get it no, no we had lots of weed <laughs> we had lots of weed and we were like kind of bored of smoking it so it just gets you faded just like yeah but we would just drop buds into it you yeah, know yeah, not yeah. nugs because yeah. i don't use that word but we, we put a lot of shake in there too yeah just in what in in brown like nabisco or betty crocker over the county browner mix oh you just stick fucking oh, just oh, threw oh, it in oh, there i see what you mean you know oh, but then but when it bakes it becomes something different no, there's no, it's like, it doesn't get hot enough to perform uh, a chemical, what do you call it? Reaction. Reaction. But then how does the fucking, if you're saying that, then how's the the biscuit being made? It's the the brownies going from liquid to hard. That's it's, not a chemical It's a chemical reaction. reaction. It, uh, it, it for okay. sure is. Maybe it is. Okay, anyway. Whatever. My point is, <laughs> my point is, we you don't sound retarded. Yeah, we do. My point is, you don't need to like <laughs> condense like THC into uh, ba- brownie batter to I get, get what you high. Mean. I, get what I mean, mean, we were morons. We would just be like, this is a pretty big bud. Let's just throw <laughs> it in there. Pretty big nug. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you hate the word nug so much? Is it because it's, shit? you know what it does? What? It's a, there must be a it's trigger. It's a skivats word. What is that? A skivats? Skivats is like a fucking dirt bag. Yeah. Like a geesh. A geesh. Somebody that like skis you out Not is, the Portuguese. A, is a skivats. Skivats. But there's somebody that you just, you know what it is? Nug associated to me 
is with true potheads that like scrape their bowls for resin. Okay, uh, because they're stoners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just like get a nug. Dude. I've always liked to be around classy drug dealers. Uh, You're classy or classy druggie. Yeah, I don't see you scraping bowls. No, 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 no. Or or being like, I hey, just dude. don't do it that day. Or, or being like, hey, dude. I mean, I'm hard up. Can you no. get me some fucking ganja? I mean, once in a while you'll be out, and you know. But you're not like fiending for it all the time, and right. you're not. You don't Thank exhibit you. classic stoner behaviors. Correct. Um, you just get faded. Yeah. And sometimes you're just out. I'm a modern stoner behavior. All right, let's get into 50H, shall let's we? Um, Dave Beanie Mania, mm-hmm. directed by Yem Issy Brooks. Kay. Just to remind you. Female. So, uh, Female. Eh, didn't Google it. Okay. I'm gonna you messy. Yeah, <laughs> you messy. What is that from? I don't know. So you messy. I, I sound like I'm big today. Ah, uh, you messy. That's yeah. because uh, that's because you've been somskied out, baby. Uh, here's the thing: I'm not taking hey, my pills brave, during the brave day. Brave new, brave new world, baby. What? Uh, an, an addiction to painkillers? No, I'm saying like in the book, A Brave New World. I read it in high school. Don't they? Don't they take a bunch of somas? Or is that in... That's Aldous Huxley's A Brave New World you're talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, Or am I thinking of uh, the, there's the no way, Lord just of the so Flies? You know, there's no way you've ever read Brave uh, New World? A Brave New World. We, Impossible. <coughs> we read it in eighth grade. No, 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 no. Or that's ninth not, grade. That's not school curriculum. I'm pretty sure it is. No, it's not. Okay. That is a book that's probably banned in many places. It's not banned. Okay, but you're thinking Lord of the Flies for sure. Lord of the Flies. <laughs> we read Lord of the Flies also, but I'm telling you, Brave New World, we also read. I don't think so. Anyway, do you know that that's where the Doors got their name? Uh, No, but I hate the Doors. I you're think a fucking garbage moron. Ba- I think they're, they're garbage You band. know they're my favorite Garbage band fake time. band. I know. Uh, I know. All right. What are we at? 10 minutes <laughs> garbage, into the show? Garbage hack band. What are we at? Like 10 minutes yeah, into the yeah, show yeah, yeah. and it's not even going anywhere? Uh, Guys, I'm so sorry. No, that no. We're this is great. Everybody today. loves it. All right. So remember at the end of 57 and they reduced, uh, reduced, they introduced the Lady Diana bear. This is the purple bear that everybody was like going nuts over. The one you can still see listed on eBay for like $900,000. Right, 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 right. Because right, right. it's the sucker bear. Yeah, they think that it's actually worth that much. So did we ever get down to brass tacks about how much it's probably actually yeah. worth? I saw one sell for five, eight bucks, I think. An actual one. Yeah, actual it's all legi- shit now. None of this shit is worth shit. Okay, and I know, but like even the OG first gen ones, if yeah. you didn't care about that, yeah. it, those are not worth shit either. No. I couldn't find anything legitimate, and we'll have you look towards the end. You're That's just going to go to eBay and like yeah. Google completed sales. I don't think there is any interest anymore in Beanie Babies. And no. I'm sorry to ruin this for you at the top of the show. I just think it's completely dead due to oversatch. Yeah, yeah. Which is what happens very commonly in, obviously, pumping dumps. I mean, I can see them being popular gifts during Valentine's Day. That's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, Maybe. Maybe if you wanted to harken back and maybe like, you know, it, it's it almost a nice be like quality a bear. gift at this point. Is it a nice quality bear? I mean, it's I mean, decent quality They're bear. plush little palm-sized yeah. bean bags. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. quality, I guess. <laughs> All right, so um, we're going to check in with uh, Janine Twardis. And now she's a beanie baby, baby collector. She's got a little bit of a problem. Um, yeah. But she's reading and she says all profits of... Uh, uh, from this collectible will be donated to the Diana Princess of Wales Memorial Fund. Princess Bear was hard to get, and that's why they were so popular. 
Well, they were so limited that stores, they only got 12. All right. So you can only get 12 per store. Um, and Janine says that's, uh, well, actually the interview, let me back up. They're like, uh, Hey Janine, um, were there times when you think you spent too much money uh, or money that you didn't have? <laughs> and she goes, that's what credit cards are from are made uh-huh. for. Mm-hmm. Chapter 11. Credit card debt. Yep. Well, Peggy says, and then a few years later, just clear it all out. Dude, by the way, I'm, this episode may not ever get started. Fuck it, dude. They were talking about fucking Beanie Babies. Who cares anyway? Fucking Krupsy, dude. <clears throat> I know so many comics that their mission in life is just to fucking do comedy, and I respect the hell out of them, but they've figured out the system to know they can just keep corrupting out. Yeah, like they've done multiple bankruptcies right. where they've ran up their shit to like 70, 80, and then that's like the, the kill switch number. Yeah. You pull the plug yep. and then you start it all over again. Damn right. Now, I'm not... And it's getting becoming easier and easier to repair your credit. Is that why that you can do this? Yeah. Yeah, here's the other thing. I'll know people that went bankrupt and then two, three years later, they're like, I just got pre-approved for a mortgage on a house and I've got a 720 credit score. I'm like, how the fuck is that possible? Yeah. And that's due to all the different, you know, there's uh, regulations again. There's all that stuff. Should do. And like all the things like credit card and all, they all help you clear shit off of your credit too. But who eats and the credit pennies, card debt? The banks? on the dollar. Somebody has Whoever to be buys the, the bag. Well, yeah. In the end, I don't know. In the end, I feel like the, I don't know. If the you interest, know the answer. The interest must take care. <clears throat> there must be enough people yeah. paying their bills yes. and giving enough interest. That the banks that have the enough banks to eat, ha- it. eat it. And plus the banks print the fucking money. No, the no. The feds print, print the money. I know they that, but, they all, the but they're all in cahoots. Yeah, of course. I, and I do not disagree with anything. If you're big saying. enough, you're in cahoots. All right. So back to the Beanie That's babies. why I'm long on JP Morgan. I, hey, dude. Jamie Dimon just came out last week and said I wouldn't buy the banks. And he's he's the president Only of J.P. Morgan. Chase, how are we going to get fucking through this episode? We got so much shit going on. It's beanie we got world politics now involved. Oh, yeah. This shit's right. getting crazy. All right. Anyway, Peggy says at this point, thousands of dollars are being spent. And we'd see her in old footage. And she's like, uh, here's my credit card number. Um, just send me every one of those little beanie babies with a little red tie heart. I got addicted. Well, another collector says, I never was addicted to anything, and I got addicted to Beanie Babies, and I ran amok is what happened. And the interviewer looks at Janine and says, do you describe yourself as an addict? And she says, well, that's a hard line to say. I mean, what does it turn into addiction? Um, when does it turn into addiction? When, it, when does it become excessive uh, where it affects your normal life? Could be. Uh, what if your normal life becomes part of the addiction? You know what I mean? Um, and then we see her putting up like 50 of the same tie-dyed bear with the peace sign embroidered on his chest on a couch. And it's obviously she's beyond addicted at this point. Yeah, and obsessed now. She's like, is it supporting the addiction? You get to the store. Does that make... Part, is that part of normal life or the addict's part? So I could have been a Beanie Baby addict at one point. Uh, another collector says the addiction is there and it's catching. Another yep. collector says, I don't know why you can't cure it. I've had 36 teddy bears sitting there, the brown teddy, and I go to turn and then I see one sitting there looking at me on the shelf. Oh, look, he's cute. I'll buy him. 
Well, Janine says there's always a little bit of financial problems and it's still haunting me to this date. So I get by now, but it's hard. Yeah, it's been hard. Well, Becky, she was one of the original housewives in Naperville. Um, we see her on what looks like a, just a show about Beanie Babies, like before podcasts, right. you know? And she's like, we should start a, a, a group called BA <laughs> instead oh of AA, Beanies Anonymous. Oh, God. We could stand up and say, hi, my name is Johnny. And nope, I have- you can't use beanies. <laughs> That's true. You get sued. <laughs> you get sued. Just plush doll anonymous. <laughs> the radio host is like, is it a 12-step program? And uh, the other one's like, no, it's more like a 32-step program. 12 won't cover it. Oh, well, in 1997, Ty Inc., they need to expand. So they built a new 75,000 square foot headquarters that's going to be used for several hundred Should employees. Should have just rented. Yep. Well, next we meet Kristen <laughs> Edstrom. She's in brand licensing. She was only there from 96 to 97. She says, I met Ty through my hairdresser. Um, the hairdresser offered to make an introduction and asked me to bring in my resume. And he faxed over my resume to Ty. Hundreds of companies wanted to dance with us. Uh, virtually every category you can imagine, from fragrance to children's apparel to Beanie Baby backpacks. Steven Spielberg's office called regularly. They wanted Beanie Babies for their movies. Now, at this point, I was thinking something. I don't ever recall a Beanie Baby movie huh. or a Beanie Baby cartoon. Never made it. got made. I don't think it did. Huh. So back to the interview. You got sued. No, well... <laughs> I think it was all by design to keep mm. this market on a one-way track to just buying without having a corporation come in from the outside and solely the waters in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Usually, when you blow up, the first thing you do is sell out. Right. You know what I mean? You take the money. I think yeah. Ty's vision was so focused and narrowed. He's like, I'm not going to let anybody from the outside world come in and fuck up what I already have to be a good thing. Well, he already had a shit ton of money anyway. Right. But I mean, even if you have a shit ton of money and Hollywood comes calling, don't you naturally just say, oh, yeah, fuck it. Let's start doing this. Now, mm. I could be wrong. There might be Beanie ba Baby movies out there yeah. or shows uh, that I'm not aware of. But the interviewer asks uh, Kristen and says, um, say if you're getting 100 inquiries. How many of Ty is saying yes to? And she said none. Mm. So Mark, uh, Jeremy, isn't that weird? I don't know. Maybe he's narcissistic. Maybe he's owned by the government. Who knows? Maybe he's just a controlling, you know, yeah. guy. Maybe he already already saw all the bullshit that was going on at these other companies, and he said, yeah. "I'm not at my Beanie Baby place." Well, Mark Jeremias, um, you know, uh, we introduced him briefly last episode. He's the executive VP for merchandising for Ty. He says, Ty was a very smart man. He understood, understood that the greater you diffuse your product, the less you can control it. Then we, we meet a UPS driver, and this guy's looking like he's had the worst day of his fucking life. Look at fucking George Lucas, dude. He, George, lost, he lost control of all... He even has that one famous quote. He says... Uh, they even like asked him to come in and consult on Force Awakens and some of these other movies yeah. that they started making. And at some point, he's like, I can't do this anymore. You won't even take my ideas anyway if I give them. And at some point, me being there is just a detriment to your like to the work together. Yeah. Because you're not going to take my advice anyway. And like, it's like his, they were like his children. He even says this. 
and they they don't fucking care about he's the owner they disney came in and bought it said all right bye bye later he he is a genius by accident in the sense that he did pull off one of the biggest biggest business coups of all time which was fox handing over the rights to the merchandising in exchange for some of the gross receipts of star wars he kept all the action figure money you know that that's what i'm talking about okay yeah. he has the all the rights to all the toys yeah and that was part partly because fox had spent so much money on this film and they when it came down to like hey back in gross he forgo i don't remember the exact percentage but it was not it wasn't a big number he said just give me you know the rights because you got to think about it that industry of tying in merchandise to tv or uh whatever it it was around in television obviously you know when you had like the 50 serials like the lone ranger shit like that you could buy that kind of stuff but it wasn't nearly what it was which began after star wars and i don't remember the exact number but it's in the billions i want to say it's like five billion or something he made just off the rights oh yeah 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 yeah. so anyway crazy money um we see this exhausted ups driver and he's just fucking like uh, exhausted and it's because these women are following him around and he's like i'm pushing my cart to the mall and women are coming up to me saying, what store are you going to? And, you know, I know what they're wanting. Yeah. You know, so you got people following all these UPS drivers around the suburbs from Hallmark store to Hallmark store. And it was obvious that, you know, we needed armed security. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. We fucking needed tasers. Well, do you remember uh, Happy Meals? Sure. Okay. The little mini, the had the, the little mini type beanie babies in the Happy Meals for a couple. Yeah, couple months. So they do make a deal mm-hmm. with uh, McDonald's in that the nineties. Fucking lucrative. Well, my sister was a huge. She's ten years younger than me. She was a huge Happy Meal junkie. Oh, she's my age. Huh? Yes, interesting. She had all the toys, and the first license that was secured was McDonald's. Now, they weren't beanie babies. They were, as you put it, teeny babies, okay? So we see people going through the drive-thru. We see mothers, like, in piles of fucking uh, uh, burger wrappers just fucking taking all the toys out, not even eating the meals and just trashing them. Yeah. And, you know, some women speak of like sending their kids with 20 bucks and like, go get me five Happy Meals. And I don't care what you guys eat tonight. Just bring me back those damn toys. So, um, you know, I I just, it it reminds me the only time, I think I've told you this, I can't eat McDonald's to this day. Mm. It makes me physically ill. Okay. And I had to eat it maybe like a week ago because I was on a job site and there was nothing there. And this crew I was with was like, Dude, just get the chicken McNuggets. You'll be fine. The reason I can't eat McDonald's anymore <laughs> is I got burnout. And when I was, it was 1988. <laughs> my mom <laughs> were moving one summer. And do you remember the promotions they did for the Olympics? Oh, yeah. Where like you'd scratch it off. You're like, if you got a gold, you got like a sure. Big Mac. Or I remember seeing like uh, images of this. I never experienced it. So I, can't, I, I was on a heater, bro. 
I Peter. could not stop, you know, winning yeah. these fucking Big Macs. And I remember my mom's like, you know, I've taken you to McDonald's for 12 days in a row, right? Oh my God. <laughs> I was oh my like, God. well, we can't let this food go to waste, mother. <laughs> and I just remember after that, I lost a taste for it and yeah. I never went back. Good. And I think I went like 25 years without walking yeah, into yeah, a yeah. McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's. But it's crazy when you walk in now and I had to buy some food for maybe five or six guys. And I just remember signing the, my bill and it was like $65. And I'm like, fast food is no longer cheap. Dude, it's fucking expensive. Yeah. Especially LA is getting crazy, man. Well, anyway, these Beanie Babies, they, they can't keep them on the shelves or I should say in the meal boxes fast right. enough. And they're just gone in like a week, two weeks tops. And, you know... It started its own frenzy on top of the Beanie Baby frenzy already. Yeah. And again, moms are just... <laughs> they show the moms digging <laughs> through the wrappers and shit. Uh, it's like a pack of wolves. Uh, it's, it's well, the economy was good back then. Yeah. And so, these ladies had credit cards. And I, you know, I, I can relate to this. You know, when you when there's a deal, you you capitalize on it. Yeah. I, I don't know if you saw my Instagram last week, but my cat food was forty five percent off. Wow! And that's my, you know, Sweeters and Mom. Oh yeah, they eat high end shit. High end. So when I get a the chance, stuff you give to your girlfriend. That when I get a chance to score cat food at forty five percent off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking taking down. I took down five Petco's, bro. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, what'd you You're do? You're on a mish. People are like, what'd you do this weekend? I'm like, I fucking took cat food, dude. Cat food was I, my mission this cat weekend. Food. Hey, and I accepted. I can I can see you going around town. All right, we hit this one for 16. So so how many bags of cat food did you end up? So which which one is it? The packets or the? It's both, bro. Wow. I was getting the packets and the cans. They're usually $1.79. Yeah. They were 99 cents. Must buy 24. Wow. So uh, I just, dude, I'm like throwing them in the cart like fucking Nicolas Cage with alcohol and fucking leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. I even had to return some because I I bought the boxes that are like the eight or 10 packs. And I figured just, oh, there's eight in a box. It'll give me a discount. Now I ran home, checked the math like an old lady, and I'm like, they owe me 70 bucks. I went back and he's like, Yeah, it doesn't count on the boxes. But wow. Yeah. So you got you actually able to return it? Yeah. Oh. Dude, Petco, they will work with you. Sometimes if I'm just I, I'm very talkative, you know that. Yeah, I, yeah, I have yeah. conversations with people because sure. I understand that if you're cool to people, they're gonna be cool to you. Oh yeah. Once in a while, they'll just be like, um, I was like, yeah, I think they were on sale, but I can't remember. One guy was just like, yeah, I'll just knock 40% off for you. Nah. And I'm like, dude, this is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. All you have to do is be cool to people, dude. and sometimes they're going to give you deals. That used to, I mean, I used to, that used to happen a whammo. It happened so much at the point where people were, were calling me on the side asking me if I can get them like 40, 50% off of their fucking like $800 orders of like wetsuits and like, personal flotation flotation devices that just yeah. came out and shit like the newest comp vests and shit and i'm like dude i can't like i gave him a promo code the promo code got, got halted in like three days because everybody and their mother were ordering fucking uh using the fucking 50 promo code on it it's just in our nature as humans we want to deal yeah and Hell of yeah. course our nature is also game the system is also to win and that's what these women were trying to do. They were win. trying to win because they knew 
that they basically had incoming gold in the palm of their hand. But, you know. Or so they thought. <laughs> they had to, exactly. So anyway, these sets of 12 beanies, they hit eBay and they're going twice the retail price. So uh, Phyllis, she's Queenie Beanie. She's the fucking crazy it's one. It's nothing. She says, I figured what's one the retail tw- price? There is no retail price. They're not. Correct. So, so what's the. Well, she said. Well, you're saying the, the retail price of the of twice the amount of what the the the, the price shit of the cost exactly the whole box. That's how she was probably figuring it. The but she said Happy Meal, fuck. Yeah, I figured 125 would be reasonable for a set of 10 teeny beanies. Oh yeah. And I sold 28 sets the first weekend. Wow. Um uh basically you see this McDonald's employee. And he's just had it. He's like, yeah. Beanie Baby this, Beanie Baby that. <laughs> and they're not ordering two or three. They're ordering like 10, 15, 20. <laughs> he's fucking, was it a black dude? I can't remember, but that's my black person <laughs> voice. You can tell, right? Is that your, that's your McDonald's employee <laughs> voice. That's why. fucking black person McDonald's voice. Yo, man, these fucking <laughs> women, these fucking bitches just come coming in, yo. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> what are you going to do with 15? You don't got 15 children. You don't need, God damn it, woman! Uh, I uh, I wonder how many people quit their now. Jobs I'm gonna over have it. to go back and watch and see if he was black because now I I need to know is subconsciously yeah. I'm uh, I'm stereotyping this guy or not. So anyway, um, you know, you see the McDonald's customers Happy Meals. Why can't they remember the name of Happy Meal? Jesus, they were so cool when we were kids. My dad actually, um, I'm ashamed to admit this. My little sister, the one who collected all the Happy Meals. I remember she would like play with them and like turn them into houses and shit and want, well, they were already shaped like houses, right? but she glue shit onto them. She yeah. goes, Chris, look what I made. And one day my dad had a Coke straw okay. and my sister found it and she glued it to the happy oh, meal Coke straw. And I was like, honey, you don't need to know what that is. And oh. I'm only like fucking 15 at the time finding Coke straws and my sister's happy meals. That's pretty hilarious. Anyway, Peggy's upset because people are throwing away the food. She's like, you know, I understand people want their beanie babies, but people are throwing away their phone. Um, so again, this is when we see what how the, the movie opened. And it's a fucking eight-lane freeway. And you just see beanie babies trickling yeah, down the road. Yeah, this is what I want to see. I'm going to look this cars, up in a few minutes. Cars are going down the road. You got a woman hanging out of the car, just scooping and shoveling no beanie way. babies into the car. And, you know, Helicopter News Channel 4, Scott Lord Sky Award. He's like, are you getting this? Tell me you're getting this. So um, anyway, the the <laughs> they do the classic. Oh, my God. Somebody's loss is somebody's gain. The Golden Arches have lost out again. Well, Janine says greed is the dark side of anything. Well, at this point, we learn that um, shipments, trucks, are getting hijacked by armed thieves. It's like a scene from Goodfellas. Yeah. They're literally taking down, you know, 53-footers on the side of the highway, holding people up at gunpoint Uh, and stealing the fucking Beanie Babies. And then what? Well, they term them Beanie Burglars, if you will. I mean, we're talking serious smash and grab, serious yeah. home invasions. Ooh, one uh, couple. That doesn't sound good. Yeah, one couple in Pasco County 
Uh, somebody made off with her entire collection, and the cops come on and they say it's felony theft. That's three hundred thousand dollars worth of Beanie Babies. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean this guy was jacked to the tits with fucking lady dies. I'm guessing. Wow, maybe some K? lobsters. Well, that's it's what like, he says they're worth. They probably probably did all right if they collected on the insurance. Because if you held, you lost all your shit. You know what I mean? It's a blessing in disguise. It was. Well, anyway, Peggy says she's going to trade shows and. People know that she's got all the rare Beanie Babies. and She's a mark. Yep. Um, and they would try stealing them right from her cage. And she said, well, I got to start hiring off-duty security police officers yeah. to guard my booth. So, Good. yeah. That's <laughs> where we want our money to go to. Well, back at... Uh, from Beanie Babies to... Fucking blue-collared workers. Well, that's back, the American economy. Back to our Canadian distributor, Bill. He loses a full transport truck, and um, you know what is this like? Fucking Afghanistan. He lost a yes. fucking truck. You know what it is? It's exactly Jesus. It, yeah, the shit's getting jacked. A police officer says the police department views this as a serious matter. Just as seriously, if this involved the disappearance of money, drugs, or weapons, because that's their yeah. currency to, for, to trade the CIA, yeah. I'd be I'd be a little concerned too if yeah. I lost my pipeline yeah. of yeah, seriously, <laughs> cocaine and it's cash. True. They know. I still remember the Nicaraguans. Well, Bill says we found the truck the next day, but it was completely empty, and it had a half a million dollars worth of product on it. That was the point I said, this is really getting out of control. Well, Sharon Altier, now if you recall, she's the GM at uh, right. Ty. And she doesn't even really know why she's the GM. Correct. She's <laughs> kind of like, I'm, I'm a woman. She's like, <laughs> I don't really know much. I like the way this podcast has leaned into just misogyny. What's wrong with for that? For the last two weeks or so. Look, we don't call them pigs. Oh, we do call them pigs. Excuse me. We don't call them cows. We don't. We don't, we don't call don't them use, whores. We don't. We don't call them sluts. Sometimes we do, but we will call them stupid. <laughs> okay, that's just the facts. They have this weird part of their brain that's not logical or something. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. There goes 51 percent of our audience that I no, was no, no. Women love about. it. Look, men are. The, we started off this episode talking about how stupid we are. Oh uh, man. So, yeah. Why Us two men. Oh, okay. And most men. Uh, we're all dumb. Anyway, mm-hmm. Sharon says there's so many scams at this point, it's unbelievable. Their employees are getting bribed to put orders through. Yeah. We had employees walking out of the warehouse with beanies in their shoes. Wow. They're well, putting how does a- that even work? Okay. Let's <laughs> kind of think the same thing too. Beanie high tops. The fuck? <laughs> They're stuffing them in their pants. Yeah. They're putting them in their shirts. Yeah. She says one woman who was very sweet, she was an A cup, and she walked out of there as a double D. Ah, ba boom. <laughs> Jesus Comedy's God. hard, bro. I know. Uh, next, a reporter says, a security guard ma- making the rounds was surprised by two men who jumped him from behind and attacked him with a sledgehammer. Beanie's... Be- Babies are more than a passion from Ty Warner. These beanbag collectibles have turned the company into a billion-dollar business. So again, sales, they go from a reported $215 million to an estimated $2.5 billion. That's 10x in your sales. Jesus Christ. Right? My math's right. That's a 10x. Sounds about right. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. 
2.5 in sales, doggy. Yeah, going up from 215, you know, million <sighs> to 2.5 billion. Fuck. Anyway, it's good profskis. It just boggles the and mind. I wonder what the you secondary can... market, how much that made. Oh, we're going to get to it. Well, Sherrod says there was a sales meeting we had, and uh, he announced, this is Ty speaking, I have never been in a room with so many millionaires or something to that effect, and we had the whole management team there. Well, none of the management team was compensated like that. The reps were, they get a percentage of the commissions, and they were making very, very big money. And it was one of those things, all the management team was sort of like uh, biting their tongue. Yeah, And that's when it sort of hits you. Can you imagine being in that situation? Being like so clueless. Now, he's either clueless and he doesn't know what he's paying his own fucking people or he's mind fucking them. And I'm going yeah. with mind fuck most likely. Maybe. Well, Phyllis, who's Queenie Beanie, she says the first year he became su- successful, he gave all of his employees their annual salary as a bonus. Wow. And then the following years, he gave them all a billionaire bear. Whoa. That cost him 35 cents to make. And that was their bonus. Eh. Well, billionaire bears. Okay. Uh, You see a picture of them. uh, It's just a brown bear. Yeah. But it's got like a little money bag on its chest embroidered in. Yeah. Well, Ty creates these and there's only 475 made. One for every employee. employee. Signed and numbered. Okay. Okay. Well, Phyllis is like, look, most of the warehouse people, they're immigrants. Okay. Right. A lot of them didn't speak English. Sure. And they needed the fucking cash. So the secondary market develops for the billionaire bear. Right. So the billionaire bears in 1999, they start going for about six grand. Wow. And according to Phyllis, a lot of people needed the money, you yeah. know, because they needed furniture or appliances or a down payment on a car. So Ty, he's getting paranoid, paranoid and he's having people from the office connect the serial numbers to who it corresponded to the employee to figure out who it was to have the oh because he didn't want them selling it yeah oh so you know phyllis says you know at this point everybody was corrupt um and it turned out what's that that seems dumb I mean, here's the thing. If you're making what's minimum wage back then. No, I mean, I mean, it's dumb to go after them. It's beyond stupid to yeah. go after them. Yeah. Just fucking let, what do you, th- what do you think these, or just pay them more and don't give them the fucking beanbag. Yeah. How do you, how are you going to go from one year where you made less money and you can give the entire people their fucking, there's their bonus as their, like their annual salary as their bonus yeah. to a fucking bear. Well, can you imagine walking in and hearing like, hey, you're in a group of millionaires here and they're like, dude, you bonus me last year my salary and I make 80K. So you're like, you know, 840,000 short of being a millionaire. So the, the, you're, talking, you're saying the sales reps were millionaires? Which no, reps? No, um, Yeah, well, I, he they refers to it as the reps. They mm. got a percentage of commission. So it's like, got to mm. be sales reps. <clears throat> Okay. But he has this conversation in front of like the management team who's not necessarily the sales reps. They're yeah. just the fucking, you know, pencil pushers. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, remember Lena Trivati? She's the one that came up with the poems and all that yep. shit. Guess how much she was making? $20,000 a year. The same $12 an hour that she started for. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty fucked up. That's insane. Yeah. She yeah. comes up with the tag. Yep. And the fucking poem and never gets compensated anything more. Yeah. So, and remember, she's the one that went in and said, oh, by the way, there's this thing called the internet, bro. Yeah. She, uh, she revolutionized the whole thing. Correct. And she and was she, just, she doesn't get shit for it. Yeah. She well, it's fucked. So she asks for 120,000. From who? From Ty. Like as what? As her salary? Yeah. She asked for a raise. And she says at that point, the impact of what we had done was indisputable. And I wanted ultimately. It was like know, payback. This is like back pay. This was what she's asking for. Yeah. Um, but she left. And she said, I later found out the people within the board of directors did not really understand the internet and thought it was a fad. And my feelings were hurt. Even though I walked away, it was me that walked away and it was such a big part of my life. I don't understand how you can put yourself in a position to let it go on that long and still keep 12, taking 12 bucks an hour. So yeah. anyway, good for her. At least she got out of this shit. Right, right, right. But just, you know, this is caught to a business. Bro. Well, if you don't, well, what's that saying? If you don't value. What have you done for me lately? If you don't value your time, nobody will. Absolutely. Dude, uh, the other one that I tell people all the time, uh, which is a cliche, but true, but necessity is the mother of invention. If you absolutely need something, then you will create it. Right. If you're stuck in a dead end job, you like I, I tell people this all the time. That's why a woman created whiteout. She fucking needed it because she kept fucking up and she didn't want to have to make that whole fucking thing over again. If it was a man, he would have never. Are had you to making a joke or was, did a woman actually create it? I think it? a woman actually did create it. A secretary. Fucking smart woman. Mm-hmm. Um, did you hear about the, the, the blonde that used whiteout? No. On her, on <laughs> on her what? On her, on her, on her, on her computer. computer? Well, that, how amazing of the joke that is, Chris. <laughs> The classic. I mean, which book joke. did you read that from? No, it's I don't. I think I butchered it, but it's uh, something yeah. to that effect. Something where she used, yeah, she she's so dumb she used whiteout on a computer screen. Yeah. Anyway, computer uh, I'm dying up here. Yeah. Anyway, I can tell. Bill Harlow. He says Ty uh, started to ask for things that were completely out of the norm from the relationship we had. Now, keep in mind, Bill Harlow's Canadian dis- distribution, right? And he says he asked for my entire customer list. He asked for me to put my building up as collateral. I said, I can't do those things. We ended up having to close and let all of our staff go and having the bank come in and take all of our product. And yeah, that was probably the closest I'd ever come to having a nervous breakdown. So he's obviously trying to control everything. And don't feel bad for Bill. He made a shit ton of money. But you know, this guy at the top was screw- was turning every screw and bleeding yeah. all of these people dry. Uh, one of the shop owners says, everybody keeps going, how long can it last? And it's like forever. Well, Mary Beth says, I don't see any end in sight for Beanie Babies. Well, remember Beanie Meanie, Harry Rinker? Oh, yeah. He says, you know, people get caught up in these crazy things and they think they're going to go on forever. And all these collectors are like, Beanies are here to stay. This is never going to die. And Dave, Mary, uh, Mary Beth's son says, People think prices will continually to rise to infinity. This is very common what you're seeing in crypto mm-hmm. today. <laughs> yep. Um, which is its own cautionary tale and a whole different episode. Yeah. God, crypto. Um, anyway, uh, Harry Rinker, we see an old vid- uh, video of him 
And he says, let's talk about the secondary market. What you have to understand about the Beanie Baby secondary market is that it is by nature highly speculative. We have no guarantees that the prices today will be the prices tomorrow. And what goes up is definitely going to come down. And he says, look, they referred to me as the Beanie Meanie. I would debate these uh, people because they really believed it. So the issue here is that this is an extremely speculative market these people have engaged in. Right. And Rinker says the problem is that when somebody is trying to tout a market, they tout the top end and don't ever ask, what's the condition of the market in the middle and the low end? And if the bottom and the middle of the market is weak, that was a bad market to be playing in. So uh, a reporter... So they're talking about all the shit in the middle where there's hundreds of them and nobody wants the Beanie Babies. Absolutely. They're talking about... So they so what they're finding is people only want the top 1%. They only want the rare ones. They only want the rare ones and they only want the new. But, yeah. you know, the problem, I guess, is there's just way too much supply and not yeah. enough demand. So well, you know what you know, we got to do then? What? Just like Go what, back in time? Just like what the Germans did in the 45s. Just start burning books. Oh, yeah. That did work. The price of books actually started going up. Yeah, it did, right? Mm-hmm. You ever seen the reader? No. Random question. I'll get back to it. I was a reader at one point, though. <laughs> I no longer <laughs> were am. All were readers at one point. <laughs> Six years after Ty introduced Beanie Babies at 253 versions later, mm. these small stuffed animals are sagging. On the secondary market. (laughs) I love it when reporters put in that cheesy joke at the end of their line. It is one of my favorite things in all of television. Newscasters do it all the time. Um, So anyway, the retired beanies, it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, Everything's dropping off considerably. Um, So the reporter introduces or interviews his hillbilly. And uh, they're like, great. What do you think you're going to do with your 400 400 Beanie Babies? And he says, I give them to my kids when they get old enough to maybe one day send them through college or something. Oh, fuck. So (laughs) Dave, Mary Beth's child, he says at some point there comes a time where somebody buys in for a certain amount and they can't sell it for a profit. People say, you know what? I don't want to buy Beanie Babies anymore because I can't make my profit. So then there's more supply than there is demand. And now the same dynamics that fuel the bubble, they're in reverse, and it can be a vicious cycle to the downside. Now, this isn't like fucking the crash in 1929. No, none of these ladies are jumping out their second floor you know, <laughs> windows of their suburban homes. Uh, we meet a reporter who says, welcome back. I'm on special assignment tonight. A close look at Beanie Babies. Six right. years ago, these tiny toys hit the store and sales are now sagging. Values are plunging and collectors are concerned. Well, Mary Bass, she says all of a sudden there was this one month when a couple started to go down Ooh. and then you notice the next month mm-hmm. more and more and more went down and then it started to getting frightening. So, so we see uh, on a graph, uh, Patty, She's valued, I think she's the pig. Right. <laughs> she's valued at 1500 <laughs> yes, in spring of 98, but down to 700 by, <gasps> by summer 99. Wait, wait, wait. See that first price again? Uh, 1500 to oh, 700 Okay. Uh, Pinky, I think that was a pig, uh, was valued at 185 <laughs> It goes down to 130 And Quackers, 
probably the a duck, duck, but in this case, I'm thinking it was a pig. It was worth 3500 <laughs> in the spring of 98, but down to 1600 in the summer of 1999. Still pretty high. So the reporter says, do you think people are being misled about the you know worth of these Beanie Babies? And Mary Beth says, the ones that have been retired since 1998 have, in my opinion, been overproduced. Well, like Princess Die Bear, people paid <laughs> hundreds for her. Well, we were offered just $8 for ours. This is a reporter doing one of those undercover investigations. Wow. Um, the market, there's no scarcity in the market. That's the bottom line. And, you know, Harry brings up a good point. And we see this all the time in the stock market and especially crypto. Yeah, podcast one. Oh, great point. Ugh. People get into something without, with that cast any, media, Bapa. without any knowledge. Yeah. You see this yeah. on AMC. Yeah. Have you been on Reddit and seen the oh, AMC yeah. people? Not there. It is a full-blown cult. Not there, but other places. And they s just say, buy the dip, bro. Buy the dip. We're all going to be millionaires. They literally are so gone. Remember when AMC first Some popped? People are fake. And it went from five bucks to like yes. 60. Mm, yep. Well, now with these reverse split, splits that have gone down and all this dilution, that $60 top is now 500 yeah. because of all the reverse splits. And right. people are saying the floor of uh, this squeeze um, is going to be 10,000. Well, mm. if you run the math, there's like 150 million shares of AMC yeah, right now. Yeah. And like 10,000 is like, if that happened, the entire economy would crash. Right. They've lost touch with reality. Right. And it's really scary because I was on those boards the other night because I was just dicking around. I don't think AI understands it yet. That's why you're just speaking with AI, I feel like. Well, people are down like 96%. And yeah. I just Googled on reddit the word down because i wanted to see how oh my down, god yeah yeah i searched within the reddit the word yeah, down yeah, 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 yeah. and there were like uh checking in minus two and three or minus two hundred thirty six thousand. another guy i got you beat i'm down two hundred eighty thousand. now keep in mind these are retail investors that got caught up in a fad in a movement, if you will, to mm -hmm. stick it to the big man. Mm -hmm. They're convinced it's all a conspiracy by the SEC mm -hmm. that's trying to fuck them. Mm -hmm. But the reality is the stock keeps dropping. And every time they do, they just keep buying more. Yep. And this is a very, very... Average cost down, 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 down. Very similar cost. phenomenon. It's like, <clears throat> yep. well, I'm just going to go big on the next round of you know retired beanies. They're going right. to go up at some point. Right. It's got to go up at some it point. It has to. <laughs> I mean, if they retail for $5, it can't be less than $5. Well, Peggy, um, she says the saddest day of her life uh, was the fall of 1999 <laughs> when Ty came out with the announcement there were going to be no more Beanie Babies. 99. Yeah, he says, we're done. We're done. So on December 31st... Sounds like bullshit. The entire line of baby beanies will be retired. Now, it's great that you say this. Yeah. Because... Genius marketing. <laughs> this is genius marketing. Uh, and of we course, just created a secondary market for... All the shitty Beanie Babies, because they're all going to be retired. Well, Peggy starts getting emails from everybody, and they're like, did you see this? Did you hear the news? It's all over the internet. Well, of course, this causes a flood on all these little Hallmark stores, and they're selling out again. At this point, <clears throat> or do you know, mm -hmm. how many different types of Beanie Babies did Ty make? Uh, from the to this point about no, I'm okay. guessing probably around 300, maybe 400. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I thought that I thought it was going to be so much higher too. 
They're just making thousands and thousands of each one. Correct. And there's only probably a couple of them where they had limited runs. Dude, why like why waste the time on uh, design when it's all about would, quantity? And bro. the only way you would know is like, okay, <clears throat> all right, well, we know that 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 30 cases of this toucan were damaged in a fire. So we know those are worth X amount because there's only, you know, 6,000 of them in the world or whatever. I feel like there's a lot of that going on. I, I, I just find it fascinating of how herd mentality can work. And I think we're all guilty of it happening to us at least once in our life, whether it's a collectible toy, whether it's an investment opportunity, I mean, I don't think you've truly lived until you've been scammed. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Or have scammed. Well, then you're just a piece of shit. <laughs> well, I've scammed before, but, but I was young. But like I've told in that, uh, a previous episode, getting scammed at the age of 13 by New York street hustlers in uh, right. Follow the Bitch, Follow yeah. the Queen was one of my biggest life learning lessons, lessons because I've been a skeptic. Never trust ever. black people. <laughs> Just joking, people. Uh, Stand-up comedy. But it's made me a skeptic in every situation I've encountered since then. And very, you know, you know, my antenna goes up when I see money changing hands on just about any How sort could of, I get a piece of that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, starting uh, December 31st, um, they say, you know what? We're going to put this up to a vote. Ty is going to let us vote right. if Beanie Babies will be discontinued or not. So it's an online vote, and they charge you 50 cents to vote. What the fuck? <laughs> yep. And anybody can vote as many times as you yeah, want. Yeah, but here's the thing. Yep. Only people who want Beanie... This is so fucked up. I know. This is I so love it. fucked up, dude. This you guy's know, a monster. You know some of these women this were like jangling their kids, piggy bot banks, and taking their change just to vote and vote and vote. Yeah. Well, that's so crazy because, I mean, obviously, only the people who want Beanie Babies to stay are going to be paying 50 cents to fucking vote. Of course, because they're loaded up with their closet with Beanie Babies, yeah. just like these fucking sacks of shits are with literally, their AMC shares. Literally 100% of the of the vote is going to come back. We want Beanie Babies. Well, this is on the eve of Y2K, okay? So you have to remember at the time, and you're old enough to remember. Yeah, but that, yeah that, that is a, bullshit. That a media conspiracy... <clears throat> And I don't know who created it, but yeah. the media ran with it. Yeah. But the whole entire thing was on, you know, once the clock clicks over to the year 2000, yeah. your computer's going to explode. Don't ha People were unplugging their shit. They were afraid it was going <clears> to <throat> blow up. Okay. Well, that was some of the news stories in there. I mean, I lived a very different life during that time. I was yeah. how old? Probably. You're 15. No. Yeah, I was about 15-ish. Mm -hmm. And... Oh well, yeah, fourteen. And even I understood that it was <clears throat> it was due to they were afraid that they weren't going to know transactions, uh, like trans that banking transactions would go haywire because of the code. But it, you know that this was the premise of like the job, like of the of the nothing dead end job that the guy from Office Space worked. That was his job. Oh, it was it? Was, his job was to sit there and update thousands of lines of code for the Y two K switch. That was his job in the movie. No. And did you ever watch the movie? Yeah. Office but Space? It's been years. Yeah, okay. But anyway, that was his that was his job. I remember but like that was people was were nothing. saying the power was gonna go out. Oh God. Um, that you know, water systems were gonna fail. Let me tell you at 14 years old, I knew that was bullshit. Well, 
I remember being so and hard. We, and it's not like we had the internet. For, I had a, I had the internet for, I guess I had the internet for about five years at that point. So yeah, yeah I guess well, I see, was pretty you, savvy compared to the rest of the world. And you were ahead of me. I wasn't even on the internet in 99. Yeah. I was I like, mean, that's was, for losers. I got eight years old. My dad bought a computer. I was living in a closet um, on uh, in a two bedroom apartment off Bundy. Some say you still are. I was a I was a cater waiter at the time, uh-huh. and I needed cash. Uh-huh. And um, all I worked for all the cater waitering companies in town. Right. And we all were like New Year's Eve. You're gonna have to pay us a lot of money. And they, I remember they paid me like six x my normal rate to go work okay. at a house party. And I think I walked out over there like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. Nice. Uh, but yeah, nothing happened. Of course. Well, of course we know how this vote's gonna go. They vote yes. At ninety one percent to nine percent now. Yeah, even that nine percent is bullshit <laughs> and fake. Well, Katie Couric's reporting saying was this just a big PR stunt? And it's like you think, Katie. Of course it was. Uh, how, you, how you gonna charge people? Yeah. Oh, you suck, dude. It's fucking gross. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So we meet a couple other. Wasn't this guy fucking Portuguese? Who? The Gij motherfucker? The ro- who? Ty? We're going to get to Ty. Okay. He's not Gij. He's white. Okay. God, yuck. So, of course... Well, I mean, Portuguese are white. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Spanish, Spaniards. Um. Anyway, then the, th- the documentary, it gets a little creepy because they shift focus to an older, like, middle-aged man with his daughter. So let's meet Leon and Sandra. Okay. Well, Leon says people were disgusted with all the money they lost. They were just letting their beanie babies go for practically nothing. Yeah. A lot of people that had significant collections were willing to discount if you bought a lot. Well, Sandra says all of the original baby beanie baby sites were shutting down and he started collecting at just the right moment. Interesting. Or did he? No. So I mean ninety nine, um yeah. No, 99. it's all shit. I guess, but this I poor already, guy. Yeah, before high school for me, I guess. Not for yeah, this because I'm trying to. I'm just trying to align it with my, um, <clears throat> my Star Wars con- uh, figurine run. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that I guess that was in the mid 90s, more like mid to late mid to late 90s. Yeah. Well, the bottom line is Leon has 22,000 Beanie Babies. Holy and, shit! Yeah, and he and his daughter want to create a non commercial. I, hopefully nothing <laughs> um they basically want to create a non-commercial museum uh oh. because these beanie bitties make them feel good um, okay power more power to them i don't want to shit on oh these, no, that's cool these mm-hmm. sad people Dude. <laughs> <laughs> i mean as long as they're sad as a family it's okay so mary's mary best beanbag world right it goes under in 2001 yep and she says the days of the magazine took time and energy it did cost a lot I hope my kids, when they look back at it now, don't feel like I didn't give them what they deserved. Um, I hope I gave them what they needed during that time. Um, and my feeling is she made a lot of money, even though she settled out of court with Ty. Um, again, it just goes back to his ruthless nature. She created that secondary market and really blew it up with those, those three broads in Naperville. And I'm sure he went in for a piece. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he cleaned her out, but it's fascinating. They, they, she looks like she's doing all right. She's got a nice sippy cup of wine on a nice couch in a nice house. Okay. Or maybe she married up. Yeah, anyway. maybe. Um, 
an interviewer says some people thought Beanie Babies were going to, you know, make you into a millionaire. Uh, but that wasn't really the case for you, was it? Now, she, the interviewer is talking to Janine Twardis. By the way, I forgot the interviewer has a uh, British accent, so forgive me. No, you did. She was, she's got, she, yeah. You were, you were Britifying her. Janine says, no, like I said before, it's more like beanie bankruptcy. Yeah. Because nice. I had a lot and I still have a lot. It's been a long time. We're talking at least years and I didn't sell stuff. I don't know what would have happened if I'd sold them and made a bunch of money. It would have made things easier now. That's for sure. Maybe I could have paid off the house sooner. You know, the only person that really became a big millionaire was Ty himself because he ended up getting so rich. Well, we've got good news incoming. Okay. This is a reporter. The there billionaire. Seemed, there seemed like a couple of uh, savvy collectors in there. That uh, that one Mexican chick, I feel like you're a Latina chick. That, I forgot her last name. The Latina chick? I mean, I don't remember. The one that feel. worked there that got fucked? No. Lena no, Travati? No, 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 no. When did what? I say Mexican once I'm, in this episode? Not Mexican. Like, you, you mentioned the... Latina-ish last name and this chick's Lena Travati. No. And she started talking about how she was making like, you know, she was fucking buying oh, loans. Queenie, high- Queenie Meanie. Uh, Queen, yeah, that's what's Queenie Meanie. What's her real name? I don't have it in front of me. Okay. Well, I'll get to it. Spanish-ish. All right. Anyway, the billionaire creator of Beanie Babies has been accused of hiding as much as $107 million in a Swiss bank account to avoid paying taxes on it. Well, in 2013, Ty Warner pled guilty to charges of tax evasion going back to the 90s. So he faces a 57-month uh, prison sentence. And he Why wouldn't you just fucking pay your fucking taxes when you're making that fucking much money, dude? Buddy, I'll tell you why. Because you uh, don't know what it's like to make that much money. I know. Once you make that much money, you got to put it under your mattress. And once your mattress gets too full, it starts rotting. So mm. what do you do? You give it to the Swiss, they give you a nine-digit code, and you're good to go. Okay? I don't blame anybody for trying to fuck over the government. I get it. It's theft, but, you know. Well, he'd set up this account in Switzerland. It's one thing going after a guy that makes 60K a year. Of course, but uh, they don't fucking go after guys that make 60K a year. And they're going to start to. No, they're not. Dude, trust me. I've had talks with my accountant about this many times. I'm like, do I have anything? They are changing. Like, do I have anything to worry about? And he's like, you don't make enough money. What? <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to fuck with you. You yeah. got to be making bank. Now, that's yeah. not to say your number's not going to get pulled and you're going to get an audit every now and then because you're just one in the system. You know, they have to do random audits. But uh, do you know who's like uh, number one on the audit list? Hunter Biden. <laughs> no. It's or it's up there. It's obviously self-employed people oh. because they could fuck with their own bucks. Yeah, yeah. But bartenders and waiters, they oh, get hit. Oh God, up, up it's a so time. sad. I know. Yeah. Imagine being a bartender. Well, I mean, I do know a couple bartenders that make about ten k a month. So, yeah, no, and they work could, their asses and off it's for a lot. lot of it's cash. Five hours. Yeah. <laughs> They were they work twenty hours a week as hard as you can ever I did, work. I did it for two years and I never worked more than twenty five hours. Yeah. I always had cash in my pocket. Yep. But the worst part about that business is as soon as you finish, you go with the people you worked with mm-hmm. to go get fucked up yep. and talk about it. Yep. About how crazy and shitty it was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't miss that at all. Well, anyway, um he pleaded guilty to the accusation in court. And the federal guideline for that sentence was five years. 
Well, he okay. got off with two years of probation. Whoa. Mm-hmm. He paid off some people. Of course means- he fucking did. The judge let him off because of uh, of his personal humiliation and record of charitable works. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like <laughs> to pay the judge off. Exactly. I mean, I've talked to people that are pretty high up in the mafia world, let's just say. And <clears throat> for a violent felony... You can either sometimes pay a hundred K to a DA and that'll get you off. Sometimes it's worse. You gotta pay 250K. And that goes to the judge. Well, it depends on the situation. I mean, if you look and at somebody like the, Sammy Sammy the Bull, if you yeah. turn states evidence, even if you murder twenty people, they're gonna fucking let you out. Which still boggles my mind how any of that shit's possible. How you can get protective by uh, a federal you know working with them and doing things for them also but you're like okay but you still kill 20 people and we're yeah. not going to put you in jail for the scumbags. rest of your life yeah i guess other, okay 20 good other fucking scumbag sleaze balls <laughs> all right well um the doc then sinks into a weird portion which i've decided to not bother telling you which is like just give me a rough estimation so it's basically they well the reason i want to highlight it is because i don't want to promote any of the youtubers that they promote Hmm. and you see these youtubers coming on and they're like look at my beanie babies mom let's take it yeah let's take a trip down memory lane and you know we it's just fucked it's like why why do we want to talk about that so i cut that out cool and then we basically need to check in with peggy yeah please do so we check in with Peggy and we find out that they're still sending her to this day authentication request for her to authenticate Beanie Babies. That's cool. So it's nice little gig. She's still doing this. And it's interesting. She pulls out a notebook and she goes, okay, I am on number 125,878. That's how many authentications she's done? Yeah. And how much do they charge? $25 a pop. But how much does she make off each one? All of it. Okay. I ran the math. So at 20 to 25 bucks a pop, that's $3,146,925. And how many years? 20 years? Probably. Okay. That's a lot of fucking money for a housewife. Yeah, for dumb fucking housewife. (laughs) No, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. right. My point is. I'm just saying. She fucking scored. And I she guess. still does this to this day yeah, okay. because she's like the main authenticator of yeah, this shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Wow. Uh, Pretty good. That's kind of how it ends. And, you know, the thing that we talked about is the market is skewed. Yeah. I went on eBay. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. And they're, they're really not worth anything. Right. So. Um, Go ahead. You're going to say yeah, something? Yes. So I looked up this article. This seems like a pretty, to be a pretty... Uh, uh, looks, it's from People. Okay. Uh, com, and um, and I'm looking over it, and I kind of kind of agree with what these people are saying, only because I I've been in the the game for a little bit, so I I know collectibles a bit. Right. Okay. So I don't understand what this BBFG. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's like the person who took the picture or BBPG or whatever. Okay. But what it's telling me, this is apparently the this is the headline. Here are the most valuable Beanie Babies, according to an expert. Now, here's the problem. Or where Where is your source? Because People.com. Okay, people.com is this good. This is as of August 1st, 2023. Now, okay. keep in mind, it's going to be shilled, and because yeah, the yeah. thing came out. Give us gonna, the numbers. How about but that? It's, but they actually give you a pretty decent range here, so All let's right. go. 
So we're looking at some of them. One of them is the Chef Rubicon Beanie. Uh-huh. And I've seen this one before. Is this highest? 2006. This, no, there's no highest lowest. Oh, okay. It's just the most expensive ones. And um, this one goes for anywhere between eight and 12000 I don't fucking believe it. Okay, no, I'm just saying. This is what this is the article saying. Yeah, and we'll, yeah, go, we'll, we'll, we'll look, yeah. Okay. So this one I do know there's a rare one, a rare one, okay? And then keep in mind... That price, twelve to eight thousand dollars, would be if it's got like the high, one of the highest possible. Doesn't ratings. have cat piss on it. Yeah. Has a clean one of the highest per, tag. It's already been authenticated. Yeah, it has yeah. one of the highest. It's already ratings. been. To, it's already been it's to her the, house. It's in Peggy's a box. already fucking yeah. skull fucked. Exactly. It. Okay. Eight to twelve key, and then there's the number one beanie baby. I guess this is from ninety eight. Twenty five hundred to six six thousand. First gen UK swing tag baby yep that's a that's a lobster by the way if you're at home right now yeah pause this yeah go run to your uh tub of beanie babies because you might just have a fucking fortune yeah basically these these first gens like these brownie and uh like the purple duck and the thing they all range between about 400 and 2500 bucks and first gen tagged beanies 500 to 2000 second jet second generation swing tag bbs beanies sound please 80 to, this shit. 80 to 1500 what's the date on this people magazine article uh, august 1st 2023 i don't believe any of this i know i don't believe it either but i'm just going through third yeah. gen beanie babies there uh says can be worth between 20 and 3500 so the billionaire bear beanie yeah. billionaire bear beanie says that anywhere between 400 and 1500 bucks how much 400 to 1500 and that's the one that he did just for the employees and hand numbered them so so they're literally cannot unless there's less than 400 Mm -hmm. of these fucking beanie babies yeah it's not going to be in my mind in your mind it can't be worth any more than 450 to 500 dollars let's just say 500 dollars because there's only 400 of them in the world that means Mm -hmm. there's no other one unless there's unless they're a mistake or a rarity because there are some of those closed sale Okay. On eBay okay. for the billionaire, what is it called? The BBGF, the billionaire bear. And I'll say in completed sales that it hasn't sold for more than $1,000. And I'll also say this. This is the only Beanie Baby that's worth any money probably. So, yeah. you know, if you could find me a sale over $2,000, I'll buy you a steak dinner because okay. I don't see it fucking happening. Right. Well, I'm looking on eBay. You we're looking at some of the ones that have been sold, right? And I didn't think that there'd be any sold this year that for like that much. Now, keep in mind, oh, this shit. Keep in mind, be- the steak dinner is at that fucking shithole by commerce. It's not going to be a nice one. Okay. That's what you need to keep in mind. So yeah. if you're going to hustle me, don't don't think you're going to make off with anything. No I'm talking here. 1999. Just, yeah, I thought you already did the research on this, but apparently no. it's okay. I mean, even as soon as June, uh, even as soon as July third, twenty twenty three, they have a rare Beanie Baby sold for sixteen thousand eight hundred fifty eight. It says Rome. It says uh, Thai Beanie Babies, Rome the Bison, extremely rare. I don't know why it's rare. We're not going to get into it right now. I'm not going to. I don't believe it through. though. You got to prove it. But it's it's sold. They paid the commission on it. But the point is, how many was it? A it, legit seller. Yeah, it looks What's like a legit What's the feedback look like? If it's like 100%, nine- 431 reviews. Yeah. Uh, shut up. Okay, look, the point is that this could be money laundering. Okay, even. give me the next sale. But also, it. I mean, there's a there's a ton of them. The Thai Valentino Bear, Beanie Baby, 1990. Yeah. It, it seems like 
in order for for you to uh, get an expensive one, yeah, it's got to be from the early nineties, yeah, ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. Yep. Looks like they've got to have some kind of error on it because most of these are like give tag me an example error, for an error, like a tag error. I mean, okay. it's got a misspelling or it's printed incorrectly. There's all kinds of different reasons to have a tag error. Yep. Each one is different and rare in its own regard. Sometimes, okay. so You're a lot a of these regard. So, so some of these might be considered one of a kinds because it is funny that we just looked up that billionaire bear one from yeah. 98. Nothing. And it's one of, it's one of like 500, mm-hmm. but it's still only worth 40, 50 bucks. Like that doesn't seem, that that's what I'm saying. This is all bullshit. This is all bullshit. So some of these, like the only rare, rare ass ones are the ones that like what? Are one of a kind. So what am I doing? Am I just meeting you in the middle and buying you a happy meal? We sure. call this a day. Baja, we all get right. Taco Tuesday. So. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a lot of these are say they say as early as I mean, all this year, four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Turkey, nineteen ninety six. Rare errors. So I don't know. Okay, but here's the thing. You need to know this. There's yeah. a huge scam in the baseball card world. Sure. Well, there'll be like nineteen ninety Fleer Jose Uribe Air. And people right. will buy it. It's not an air card. Right. So I don't believe I this get shit. it. And I don't know. So, I mean, it's, I, I just can go off of what these official eBay listings have sold for. All right. These are the sold ones. They're not ones that are like, not, you know, whatever. Okay. But yeah, so probably money laundering. Well, you know what I mean? It's but, time for me to rate this documentary. On a scale of one to four dockings, it's a fucking zero. Good. Now, I've never given Good. out a zero before. Good. Don't watch it. But this is shit. Okay? <laughs> it's garbage. Good. It's not... It's, the story isn't that interesting. Um, it's... Like I said, if if you've even made it this far in this podcast, I commend you. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Because it is a mess of a documentary. Yeah. Now, this is Beanie Mania. There are there is another one out. Um, I forget. I honestly don't fucking care because yeah, it's Beanie Babies. Yeah, you better not watch shit. that one, dude. So that better be recreational. Next you week. fuck that. <laughs> episode fifty nine. I quit, dude. <laughs> I'm out of here. Find yourself a new producer. The Beanie Baby story. Jesus. Uh, okay, so let's talk about Ty Warner. Okay, um, he had to pay fifty three million dollars. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. If you can though, it's pretty fucking cool though. If you can pay it, it's fucking cool though. <laughs> I found this about Ty. When Ty was an adult and his parents divorced, he was said to have attempted to seduce several of his father's girlfriends out of jealousy and competitiveness. Dude, this guy's a killer, bro. <laughs> Holy shit. Fucking puss hound scumbag. Yeah, he's just a go-getter, dude. Well, he started out, he came out to LA, he was uh, pursued acting. Uh, failed, went back to Chicago. That's when he started with Dakin Toys. And he was noted for his uncanny instincts as a salesman at yeah. retail shops. And he was fired by Dakin for selling his own products. To oh, that's hilarious. Customers in competition Whoa. with his own company's line. So he had his own line while he was working there too, huh? He's no, this is before. Toys? This is when he was with Dakin. But I'm just saying he had his own line of toys that yeah. he was selling, huh? But that's, cool. you don't, you just don't do that kind of shit. No, of course not. Uh, I mean, you do unless you want. I mean, you don't. You do if you don't care about getting fired. Well, he uh, started out selling stuffed toy cats oh, that's uh, cool. that he saw while he was vacationing in Italy. Uh, yep. I've always thought about like wanting to just find a couple useful products that are like uh, that you, you like in order to get them over here for any reasonable amount of price from China. 
you need to fucking, you know, you buy 20,000 of them or something like that. Yeah. And just sit on them and sell them for like buy them for 10 cents and sell them for a buck. <laughs> Fuck Get your hands on some NVIDIA chips, buddy. You know, those are going on the black market in China at massive, massive fucking price increases. Just the chips themselves. Yeah. For what? AI. Okay. All these machine learning chips. Uh. So the secondary oh, like market. They want, wow. Yeah. So they're trying to make, so they're trying to make like third party learning machines nvidia can't make these chips fast enough and of course china wants to keep up so yeah there is a huge secondary market for that. amd will come by come back and do something fine i don't think so dude look bro it's inevitable it is but it's gonna take some time look at intel intel is you know one of the great american countries they make different type of they're they don't have the technology to make uh the gpu they i don't don't know if they don't make the gpu right i i don't know if that's necessarily true that they don't have the technology to do it they don't and and if they did they'd be competing and nvidia no dude you think nvidia you think well intel that's not what intel does intel makes okay this is not we're not going to argue you make fucking CPU chips. Yeah. It's a completely different thing. You need a whole. I mean, it's not that different from you know. Make, uh, it's the okay. I don't. I don't even know what I'm talking Fuck about. Fuck it. Let's get through I this have beanie no baby g- shit. Idea. Um. So back to Linda Trevati. She's the girl that made twelve bucks an hour. I found this interesting. When the internet first came out, she had to pitch Ty on this idea of creating a website, right? So she walks into Ty's office and says, "Hey." This is what you need to get on the internet. It yeah. was a modem. Right. The modem was uh, a $14,000 modem. Whoa. And I'm like, I don't understand. Were modems like more expensive in the early days of the internet? Because I remember what watching Warcraft. 1999? <clears throat> no, no. It was mid-90s. But I remember like watching War well, Maybe games. she's talking about getting a T1 connection oh, and hosting that what that your means? own shit and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, by just so you <laughs> know, fourteen thousand probably in nineteen ninety five, <laughs> only one point four percent of Americans used the internet. Wow. Yeah, because that's, that's when I first saw the internet in college, and I was like, "You fucking nerds! Like, this is a fad. What are you doing? Yeah, come out and drink and party." Anyway, um, yeah, the um, I mean, Windows ninety five was what really pushed it over the edge for everybody. Wow. So you think about Windows ninety five. And at that time, there were only one point four percent using yeah, the internet. And then once that mm. came around, Windows, I'm sure, I'm sure the the number of people who used uh, the number of people between 1993, which is when version 3.1 came out, and 1995. So the amount of people that that were on the internet between like or, or that used Windows between 93 and 95 probably quadrupled between 95 and 98 which is when the next operating system came out somebody fact check us on that um so what happens after this whole thing goes down is that in 2007 ty starts uh, a company called mga entertainment and he starts making bratz dolls with a z no way you remember those he's the inventor of the bratz dolls i don't even know also. what a bratz doll is what oh is it oh my god they're just these little fucking things for girls yeah it's called ty girls yeah <clears throat> and it was like yeah wow but it they were in the virtual world like this is pre-metaverse or some shit i don't oh, really wow. understand anyway he put there was, like, his, there was an internet aspect to it i remember i sort of remember yeah well he ended up buying the four seasons hotel in new york city um whoa yeah <laughs> uh, he owns the four seasons built more in santa barbara he still owns them fuck yeah he does 
He's got to have a place to fucking take his fucking uh, dad's ex-girlfriends to to fucking party Holy with. Holy shit, dude. Um, and he owns place country clubs in Los Cabos. Uh, oh, owns country clubs. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously he did all right. Um, there is one point, a uh, nice piece of news I found about Ty. What's that? He was stopped um, by a woman asking for directions in 2012 um in santa barbara and uh turns out she needed a stem cell procedure to save her life Whoa. and he gave her 20 grand so okay i guess that's the one good piece his publicist got to wikipedia yeah <laughs> so, something bullshit still though oh it's total bullshit he probably but, got her a tit job instead well here's the thing when he went to trial for the the tax evasion yeah remember the judge wanted to give him like five years or some shit right but he relied what was known as the Olenseff defense okay. to convince a judge he didn't deserve any jail time because previously the feds had uh, nailed this guy, Igor Olenseff, a California real estate tycoon, and he had a, um, the largest offshore account ever discovered. Hmm. And it was like $240 million, and wow. they found it. But the judge let him off with 500 500 hours of community service and two years probation wow so they were like hey this guy only had half or had twice as much as what i had in my account so you can't give me jail time it's yeah. currently called the olin defense so if you ever get in this particular situation you just cite the olin defense and they, you can't do jail time apparently sure um now here's the thing he never married oh had, i wonder why <laughs> <laughs> he's married to his work and his fucking never married no children he did have two <clears throat> girlfriends that were closely involved in the operations of yeah. Thai Inc yeah Probably at the fucking same working time. working at it yeah he's got he got women to work for him so he can go fuck men all day um are you aware of Beanie Babies 2.0 nope okay well they were stuffed toys and they were a spinoff they came out in 2008 ugh and um, I guess the way it worked is it was an online thing and you could gather points and chat with people and it was like mm. child friendly. Um, I would hope all of this shit was child friendly. Yeah, well, it was also connected to Thai girls. Oh. And uh, with both. Sounds it's erotic. With both. <laughs> <laughs> Thai lady girls. Yeah. With, Hi, girl. With Bo, Is it a boy or a girl? With Bo, the Portuguese water dog, uh, was the last official Beanie Baby 2.0, which <laughs> ended in April 2009. Bo, the Portuguese water dog? Uh -huh. What an unfortunate name. Yep. And then in 2013, uh, Beanie Baby's 2.0 virtual world was closed. Aww. Now, I'm guessing this guy's going to have a renaissance when the metaverse kicks off into full I gear. bet. Uh, you ever heard of Puffkins? Nope. Well, they were a spherical stuffed animal um, that were introduced in 97 as a competitor to Beanie Babies. Yeah. Um, they didn't last long. I, fuck, I don't think so. I've never, never heard of them before. Um, most expensive design that was retired sold for 150 bucks. It was a white tiger named Snowball. And, of course, um, the contemporaries, um, they equate this to, not contemporaries, but similar, were Cabbage Patch Kids. You remember that yep. phenomenon? Yep. Oh, yeah. That was huge. Coleco started that. I mm. think they were later bought out by maybe Hasbro or Mattel. But everybody had to have a fucking Cabbage Patch Kid. Those, that, those were huge forever. And then Chia Pets. Oh, well. Do you I remember guess. those? Yeah. And that's, 
They I mean, my sister, sell. my sister collected F and B dolls. I forget what they're called. F and B, they're like some kind of like nice porcelain <laughs> bullshit. Nice porcelain bullshit. Yeah, they're just like some nice dolls that you know she collected. Well, you know me, Dave. I like to frame a good podcast with a history lesson. Yeah. Um, this thing that we've talked about, this phenomenon, this boom and bust cycle. We've seen it obviously in stocks. We've seen it in crypto. We've seen it in collectibles as we discussed here today with Beanie Mania. But I would like to, at this point, take a trip down memory lane and talk about tulip mania. So if you will, a little Simpsons music. Thank you, Dave. Mm -hmm. Now, before we begin, what do you know about tulip mania? Never even heard. You've never of heard this phrase. Never heard of that. Oh, tulip this is, mania. This is going to be fascinating. Tulip mania was a period during the Dutch Golden Age when <laughs> contract. Well, price, now I know. Why I don't know. It's it's because you never fucking went to school. No, you fucking skipped. I'm stupid. You, no, you just didn't. It's over. You didn't pay attention. No. Well, during the Dutch Golden Age, this was a period when contract prices for some bulbs... Wooden shoes were at all-time high. <laughs> <laughs> and, pea, and pea soup. You could have all the pea soup you wanted, man. Wait, is that them? That's them, right? Pea soup also? You're talking about solving California. Yeah, pea, I mean, come on. Pea soup, Dutch Andersons or whatever yeah, it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's either... I think it's they delicious. are Dutch. It's amazing. I mean, it's fucking I delicious. I fucking hate pea soup. Really? But when I'm up there, you got to get a little bit. Dude, it's so good. The so bread? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'll see it on the sign on the 101. 10 miles to Solving, fucking to, to pea I mean, soup Anderson's. My sister, I, I'll, just randomly, she just got the hankering to go on a stoner yeah. little blaze cruise with her best friend. Your yeah. best friend's brother and her brother. Well, and, and you we go went up, up there. to Solvang. We went up to Hearst Castle. Yeah, we stayed at the Madonna Inn. Yeah, we just which room did you stay at at the Madonna? The Inn? San Franciscan. The San, the San Francisco. Francisco. <laughs> the San Francisco. The San Franciscan. What is it? Just dirty it's just hippies. Red. It's just red. <laughs> it smells all red. like shit. Nah, it's just stupid. It was. It was a cheap one. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't go for that. You know, really. there's like th- three hundred different rooms at the Madonna yeah. Inn. My aunt and uncle stayed at like the cave one. Yeah, on that's the one I want to go to. <clears throat> I felt so bad. Um, it's a really good friend of mine and his uh, now wife, they uh, their first wedding got canceled because of COVID. Yeah. Their second wedding was a week after another f- sort of like... Um, what their plan to get the marriage? No, no. So, so, so their first one they had already planned it. Wedding invitations out, deposits, whatever. Yeah. And like you know, their weddings in like June and in March, everything gets shut down, so they cancel their wedding. Yeah. They postpone. The very next year, they schedule it, and one of their friends schedules it a week before, which is fine, no big deal. And yeah. a bunch of people that were going to one wedding went to the other. Well, like 40 people got COVID at that wedding. Ugh. So they had to literally cancel their wedding after that, too. Do you still get the so, presents? I don't know what happened with that. Didn't ask. But they ended up just a couple months after that canceling their wedding, just going to Solving. Not Solving. Going to the Madonna Inn. Yeah. Uh, staying at a hotel there and then getting married in front of uh, Elvis. I've been to a wedding in Solving before. Not Solving. Yeah. At the at Madonna the, Inn. It's, I mean, it's yeah. all around the same It's area. all the same shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gorgeous up there if you've never been. <laughs> yeah, Santa Barbara plus up the coastline. It's fucking all amazing. All right. Let me finish this sentence. Yes. Tulip mania right. was a period during the Dutch Golden Age when contract prices for bulbs of the recently introduced and fashionable tulip 
reach oh. extraordinarily high levels. Whoa. Now, the major acceleration started in 1634 okay. and then dramatically collapsed in 1637. When I thought this couldn't get any boringer. You make it up words More now? boring. This is one of the most fascinating stories okay. you're ever going to hear. Let's hear it. It's generally considered to have been the... So the tulip is which one? The one that is goes up and is like... It, it, it looks like a tulip, obviously. So it's like it's like it looks like almost <laughs> I like think a, you just described like it. a triangle, sort of. It's like a point. Yeah, it's at the a pointed it's a edge. Very singular stem. Yeah, and then it's a bowl. It's oh, like a, a U shape. U shape. Okay, and it's a very clean, crisp flower. Oh, okay. It's okay. one of my favorite flowers. No, no, no. I know what a fucking tulip looks oh, like. Okay, I'm I'm talking about the bulb inside of the the bulb is the is what it grows out of. Yeah, the bulb. You put it in the ground. The light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> the you light put, bulbs. You put the bulb in the ground, yeah. and then it grows into the tulip. Yeah. Okay. Are we talking about light bulbs here? No. 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 no they didn't have light bulbs. In, I thought you were talking in, about tulip, like tulip, like. I thought, I thought the light bulb was. You didn't like, listen to like the first tulip. sentence. So it's actually about tulips. Yeah. This is this, all actually about. This tulips. was in the 17th century. Oh, I'm an idiot. 1634 to 1637. I'm an idiot. Tulip mania. I is, heard bulb and just thought electricity. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I just did come back from a bake session. Yeah, I know you did. Got baked. It's generally considered to have been the first recorded speculative bubble or asset bubble in history. Now, in many ways, the tulip mania was more of a then unknown socioeconomic phenomenon than a significant economic crisis. Mm. It had no critical influence (laughs) on the prosperity of the Dutch Republic you got to remember back then, they're the world's leading economic and financial power. Okay. They had the highest per capita income in the world from about 1600 to 1720. A lot of people overlooked the Dutch. Yeah. They so, had an empire. Ours ter- is about to crumble. The term tulip mania is now often used metaphorically to refer to any large economic bubble when asset prices deviate from intrinsic values. Well, forward markets appeared in the Dutch Republic during the 17th century, among the most notable centered around the tulip market at the height of tulip mania. Now, forward markets, you know as what, Dave? I don't know. Futures. Futures markets. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So at the peak of tulip mania, some single tulip bulbs sold for more than 10 times the annual income of a skilled artisan. Mm. Think about that. Okay. 10 times the annual income you could for a skilled artisan meaning craftsman yeah like a that's what shoe a shoe cobbler maybe yeah, or like something the fucking wooden shoe people yeah there you go <laughs> so <laughs> wooden shoe people like, like hey uh pretty good work uh, you did for those wooden shoes this year um <laughs> would you like uh, a tulip bulb for all your work that's how big this became so but uh, it, uh yeah like was there what were they using tulips for only just for cosmetic purposes we're gonna get into it okay well research is difficult because of the limited economic data we have from the 1630s yeah. and much of it comes <clears throat> from biased and speculative sources some <clears throat> modern economists economists have proposed rational explanations rather than speculative mania for the rise and fall in prices for example, you know what a hyacinth is? Yeah, well, mm, I know what a hyacinth Doesn't pattern matter. is. Just a what flower, is... just another flower. Oh, okay, okay. Then flower, yeah, yeah. The hyacinth had uh, initial high prices when they were introduced, and then they fell naturally as the plants were propagated. 
the high asset prices may also have been driven by the expectations of, par- of a parliamentary decree that contracts could be voided for a small cost, thus lowering the risk to buyers. It's basically the Fed stepping up the government stepping in saying you can't and charge say, no and bailing out <laughs> bailing out all the people that were fucking buying futures contracts well oh, fuck dude yeah sounds like governments some, have been bailing people out sounds forever. like some like i don't get it okay you're going to in 1637 mm-hmm. um the event gained popular attention because of an 1841 publication of a book which was titled The Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds, which was written by a Scottish journalist by the name of Charles Mackay. Okay. Well, he had noted in his book that at one point, 12 acres of land were offered for a Semper Augustus bulb, just a single bulb. Mackay claimed that many investors were ruined in the fall of these like, prices because because that is that one rare that can they they can get the seed and make we're gonna, more we're gonna get to it okay <clears throat> and that dutch commerce obviously suffered a severe shock well mckay's book is a noted classic but it is oftenly often contested modern scholars believe that the mania was not as destructive as described well let me give you a little history the introduction of the tulip came to Europe um, from uh, a gentleman by the name of Ogier de Busbeck. So, Frenchman. <laughs> oh, he was the ambassador to Charles, yeah, fifth of, uh, of the Holy Roman Emperor. Um, so anyway, he brings these bulbs and seeds to Vienna in 1554 from the Ottoman Empire. Well, th- they were basically, you know, a new plant like potatoes, peppers, tomatoes, and other vegetables. Things you can eat. Yeah, but you don't eat them. They go into your pea soup. Right, but they, <laughs> but they don't. <laughs> but they don't. These yeah, are just you eat de- that shit. You these, eat potatoes. These are just for decorative Yeah, purposes. it's just for, yeah. So the bulbs go from Vienna to Antwerp and Amsterdam. And around 1593, uh, there's a botanist by the name of Carolus Clusius. And oh, fuck. Yeah. sounds Greek. <laughs> and he established the Hortus Academicus. So he plants these toilet bulbs. Horticulture. Yeah. There was horticulture. The first, he was the first horticulturist, I guess. He planted all these bulbs and found that they were able to tolerate harsher conditions of low countries. And shortly after, the tulip just take off in popularity. Okay. Now, here's the thing tulips are different from other flowers okay. in Europe because they have an intense saturated petal color. Yes. All right? Pasteled. The no, they're super bright. Well, trust I me on this. Is what does pastel mean? No, no, does no. Does pastel have to go have to do with the like the glossiness? I never said the word pastel. No, that's that's what I'm saying. Like a the it, to me they they pastel come off, is light colors. Uh, okay. They, they come off to me as pastel. Just think of colors. Easter? That's yeah. pastel. Yeah, I think of tulips when okay. I think of Easter. No, these had bright, intense, saturated color. Okay. So right. okay. the basically what happened is if you were swinging one of these fucking flowers, you had a status symbol that meant you were something. Yeah. Okay? You following me here? I am following, following, following you. So these merchants, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. they'd go to the East Indies and trade, and one voyage, they'd 4X their money. Now, the Semper Augustus was famous 
for being the most expensive tulip. Strong Augustus. Yeah, you got no, no, it. No, Semper. Semper Five, motherfucker. You're talking about the Marines now. Well, Semper Fidelis. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, what does Semper mean? Always, always, always. Uh, yeah, same in Spanish, Siempre. Yeah. Uh, well, as a result, they became a luxury item. And a profusion of varieties soon followed. Now, they're classified into different groups. You've got single-hued tulips of, ye- of red, <clears throat> yellow, white. They're known as the colorin. And then the multicolored rosin, which had white streaks or red or pink in the background. Mm. And then violetin, which were white streaks on a purple mm. background or lilac background. And I then, worked in a flower shop. I don't remember these. It's because you were just showing up getting baked. I was still fucking with, uh, you know, putting wires around tulips and shit because you had to do it around around Gerber Gerber daisies and around oh, the... Oh, uh, you know a thing or two about flowers, and, huh? And around the tulips, you had to uh, put some wire around it well, so that they wouldn't droop. There's also... And also remove the... Uh, on orchids and on tulips, you have to remove the pollen things. Where were you doing this? At April's Flowers in... Pico Rivera, California. What was this like a high school job? Uh, after high school. Okay. You know, like some, mid, some you can't, college. some are dangerous. Some are dangerous what? F- flowers. <clears throat> they're poisonous. Like you got to be very careful with lilies around cats. I know that. I, that's okay. the kind of stuff. And like a uh, petunia. Not, no. <laughs> what, what's the other one? Not lilies. The, 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 the red ones around Christmas time. Oh, gardenias? No. Uh, chrysanthemums? No. Never mind. It starts with a P. <laughs> it starts with a P. It's okay. Uh, Perennials? No, it's okay. Peonies? Nope, don't worry about it. Uh, are you amazed that I know all those flowers? N- no, I'm not actually because <laughs> you're a fucking big fangula. All right, there's also the bizarden, which are yellow or white streaks on a red, brown, or purple background. Great. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> now, <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> you got to remember yeah. these flame-like streaks of the plant. They're yeah. extremely vivid. Yeah. And people mm-hmm. want them. Right. This is I see how you're tying this into the beanie baby bullshit. Yeah, it's called framing. Yes. Okay. People don't understand how much work there is behind the scenes of this doc. Yeah. Uh this podcast. Yeah. There was also a mosaic for virus known mm-hmm. as tulip breaking virus mm-hmm. because it breaks the one petal color into two or more. Ah. These were highly sought after as well. Cool. Okay. They're rare. Now, tulips grow from bulbs. Grown from bulbs. They could be propagated through both seeds and bulbs. Okay. Seeds from a tulip will form a flowering bulb after 7 to 12 years. Whoa. Yeah. Really? Yes. So wow. when, when a bulb That's crazy. I didn't know any of this. So when a bulb grows into the flower, the original bulb will disappear, but a clone bulb forms in its place, as do several buds. <laughs> Now, properly cultivated... Nugs, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to say that. <laughs> properly cultivated, these buds will become flowering bulbs on their own, usually after a couple of years. The tulip-breaking virus spreads only through the buds, not the seeds. And propagation is greatly slowed down by the virus. Okay? Now, okay. you have to know this. In the Northern Hemisphere, yes. tulips bloom in April and May for about a week. Wow. Okay? So... Do that, people come and jack them? Well, it just means that there's a massive dormant phase yeah. from June to September. Mm-hmm. But the bulbs can be uprooted and moved about, so actual purchases in the spot market occurred during these months. That's why tulip growers are known as the most finicky and fucking crazy ones. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. More, more, <clears throat> that's <clears throat> like the hierarchy. 
It goes like of of like flower growing. Mm-hmm. It goes tulip, then roses. I see. I never buy roses. I've always hated them. I'm mm. a tulip guy. Crazy. My favorite. I mean, they, I'm sure Next they. I'm sure they've done something now where you can get a tulip in fucking six months. Oh yeah, yeah. it's not hard now. <clears throat> well, during the rest of the year, florist or these tulip traders, they were signing forward contracts before notaries to buy tulips at the end of the season. Now, the Dutch had developed most modern finance techniques, and they created the market for the tulip bulbs, which were considered durable goods. Well, there's so much selling going around that they banned short selling in an edict in 1610. I can't even believe there was short selling. Isn't it amazing? You think about like how the market works today? Yeah. And hasn't changed in fucking 400 years. Well, here's the thing. There's a theory that people say you don't need short sellers to have a true fair market that the price will price discovery will 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 create itself just by buying and selling without added shorting. Well, I just look at it as it's like there's like all these things are so open and easy to corruption anyway yeah. that anytime you add another element of corruption you just uh, another element that is going to be corruption corrupted somehow yeah. so of course that is also well basically what the problem is there's these massive uh bears as you would call them that want to go short on tulips yeah. and they keep breaking the edict okay so it so the edict comes out in 1610 they're like you can't go short on tulips it's so, just the way it is. So what is that? Even, so then, how do they even do it? They're doing it underground on the secondary how? market, just like the Beanie Babies. How, buddy? It's a secondary how do you do market. That? How do you do that, buddy? It's not like there was a, an exchange. No, no. But like, what do you? Where are you? You're signing contracts under the table with people about saying you're betting. What? You're, you're saying betting. I'm betting. You're I'm just short betting. on tulips. You're long. I'll go short. For that X is amount. some degenerate ass <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's fucking doggy. amazing. So. People Fuck find me. out. People find out that the shorts are rampant, so they got to pr- do another edict in sixteen twenty one. Some fucking like this is all done by one person. Maybe. Well, they passed more edicts in sixteen twenty one and sixteen thirty, and again in sixteen thirty six. Well, short sellers, they're not prosecuted under these edicts, but forward contracts were deemed unenforceable, so traders could repudiate deals if faced with a loss. Now. The flowers grow in popularity. Oh, so you couldn't enforce them. Correct. So you just go have to have to go chop somebody's hand off. Pretty much. Yeah. If you're like, dude, I bet and you, then, and you're not fucking paying yeah, this shit. No, but then, but then, but then you can't be like, hey, why did you chop his hand off? Because <laughs> you you broke back, the edict. Back back in the day, exactly. Back in the day, you'd be able to just fucking chop somebody's hand off if they jacked you. But this guy jacked you. You were doing something illegal and he jacked you. So they're like, no, 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 you're fucked. Well, can't be chopping hands off. Professional growers, they start paying higher and higher prices for bulbs with that hand chop is not FDIC insured. (laughs) (laughs) You have to understand the bulbs that are going for a premium are the ones that have the virus. Right. Okay. Because they have the streaks. Yeah. Well, in 1634, in part of a result uh, from the French demand, more speculators begin to enter the market. Now, the contract price of the rare bulbs continue to rise and rise all the way through 1636. Now, in November, the price of common, aka unbroken bulbs, also began to increase so that soon any tulip bulb could fetch hundreds of guilders. 
Forward contracts were used to buy bulbs at the end of the season. Now, here's what's interesting. Traders would meet in what were called colleges, not the college that you didn't graduate from. They were, they were taverns, okay? <laughs> Bars. Yeah. <laughs> they were, so they are the ones that I graduated from. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. You can't become a trader yeah. at the colleges unless you pay 2.5% wine money. Okay. Okay. That's your fee. So neither party paid an initial margin nor a mark to market margin, and all contracts were with the individual counterparties rather than the exchange. So this is again the secondary market where all this shit's okay. going down. Well, the Dutch <clears throat> described tulip contract trading as wind handle, which literally means a wind trade, because no bulbs are actually being exchanged hands. Back in the day. You're like, I got a pig. Give me, I'll give you, you give me 10 bucks, you can take the pig. Yeah, exactly. Now it's just all in fucking paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, apparently then it was in paper too. It is now. Yeah. This whole futures. Yeah. It's basically options trade. Yeah, yeah. So the peak hits in 1636 when contracts were being changed hands up to five times with other people. So no deliveries are ever being made to fulfill the contracts. But what happens is, is that the contract price is completely collapsed in 1637 and everything just comes to a halt. Now, a contemporary satire suggests that the crisis started to unravel in February in a town called Harlem, where an auctioneer failed to find willing buyers despite lowering the asking price several times. The actual circumstances of the crash still remain unknown. The collapse seems to have occurred um, in February 1637, which caused a number of disputes over the extant contracts. Then all these tulip growers, they scrambled to a town called uh, Utrecht, Utrecht okay. and they elect representatives for a national assembly in Amsterdam. Their shit's so spun out. They were yeah. like, we need the government involved with these tulips contracts because we can't figure this shit out on our own so so basically what happened is there was just a shit ton they thought that the so there was just a lot of tulips on the market and nobody wanted to buy them well and you got to remember the contracts are being passed on and jacked up every time they get passed on to another person but what are the contracts represent uh um a commitment just like an option that i will buy these tulips at x date if they are worth this money the there's actual like fucking price. tulips yeah no just the bulbs just the bulbs correct the actual fucking bulbs yeah that's crazy yep well the problem is that's hilarious there are no buyers and there's nobody honoring the contracts and more importantly there's no legal basis to enforce any of this okay so all these fuckers they get the representatives and they go to Amsterdam and they're like, we got to figure this out. We're yeah. going to go to deliberate. So they decided to compromise where all contracts that were entered before a certain date, they'd be binding, but later contracts would be canceled and you only had to pay 10% to get out of the price. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the legislature of Holland decided <laughs> to can cancel all contracts to allow new deals to be struck during the summer. Make sense? Yep. In Harlem, the issue dragged on since the government left it to the parties to solve their issues by arbitrage hmm. or other means. 
In May, the city ruled that the buyers could cancel any extent contracts at a fee of 3.5%, while the Dutch court system remained busy with a number of tulip disputes throughout 1639. And in the end, most contracts were simply just never honored. They're like, sorry, you yep. were the last one holding this piece of paper, yeah. but you're kind of fucked, buddy. Right. Well, <clears throat> let's talk about the price data. The lack of consistent... But hold on. Yeah. How really is the guy holding the contract in the end fucked? Because he, he paid for it and then didn't get any tulips? Uh, yeah, because there's nobody to honor them. Yeah, okay. I get it. Okay, so the lack of consistently recorded price data from the 1630s makes the extent of the tulip mania very difficult to discern. The bulk of available data comes from an anonymous satire, which was called Dialogues Between Warmont and Gergalt. Okay. This was written just after the Yeah, bop. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, Matt TV doing like a David Blaine impression. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, all right, this is history now. Well, there was a, a common economist by the name of Peter Garber, and he collected data on the sales of 161 bulbs of 39 varieties between this four-year period, and he records them in the dialogues. Well, 98 sales were recorded for the last day of the bubble, which was February 1637. Great. At w widely despair or varying prices. So the sales were made up of several market mechanisms. Forward trading at the colleges, the taverns, spot sales, notarized forward sales, and estate sales. So Garber's whole point is the available data are a blend of apples and oranges. So he's basically saying, we really don't know what the fuck happened. So there's a lot of people theorizing that there really wasn't a bubble, bubble and it's been made out to be this bigger event than it actually was. Makes sense? I guess. Okay. I mean, so how long does this Lasted whole thing last? Four years. So, I mean, that's like, I mean, you could probably collapse the whole tulip market with five new people growing tulips. If five farms start growing tulips in, in a year because they heard there's a shortage of tulips and the price of fucking tulips were going up and futures markets were going crazy, they don't even understand what the fuck that even means. But all they think is, oh, fuck, I better start growing more tulips. <laughs> Got to remember, like, it's not as easy as it sounds just to grow them. Okay, that's a good Especially point. with this fucking virus variant yeah. that's worth the most. I guess you're right. So I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Well, here's the thing. The population, this is according to Mackey, who wrote that book, uh, The Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. By the way, this book has been cited by economists for years, uh, including like Michael Lewis, the guy who wrote uh, Moneyball and wrote that other, oh, he wrote The Big Short. He talks about it. Um, he says, the population, even to its lowest dregs, embarked in the tulip trade, meaning like everybody was part of it. And by accounts in 1635, a sale of 40 bulbs went for 100,000 florins, which is also known as a Dutch gilder. Um, by way of comparison, <laughs> a ton of butter cost around 100 florins okay. at the time. Say it again. A, 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 a ton of butter uh -huh. cost for, 100 florins? Right. And how, many were, how much were tulips? 40 bulbs went for 100,000 florins. Holy shit. Yeah, the average, pri uh, what do you call it, um, income was for a normal dude. And just because they take forever to grow. 
No, nah, that's not all of it. Okay. The varietals. Is and the varietals and the varieties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, the, the sale of those 40 bulbs was going for 100,000 florins. Well, you got to remember, a skilled laborer, he was only making 150 to 350 florins a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a ton of butter went for 100? 100 florins. Eight, a ton. Eight, yeah. Eight fat swine cost 240 florins. How do you even make a ton of butter, dude? You know how long that takes, dude? <laughs> dude, it's not like they're little mouse in a fucking thing spinning around on it. I mean, they still got to get the stick and churn, churn it. Churn I'm the sure. fuck. You know how many? You know how many wives you have to have to make a ton of butter in a day? <laughs> if you're Mormon, you're probably doing all right. Fuck. So in 1636, these tulips—they're traded on exchanges in numerous, d- d- numerous Dutch towns and cities. But what it did is it encouraged all members of society to get in. You know, it's kind of yeah. like. It's kind of like crypto right now. Uh-huh, sure. Everybody's involved in it. God. Well, this guy, McKay, he recounted people selling possessions in order to speculate in the tulip market. One offer was 12 acres of land for one of two existing Semper Augustus bulbs or a single bulb of the Viceroy, uh, which was purchased in, at an exchange for a basket of goods worth 2,500 florins. So... Just to give you some perspective, in this basket of goods that was exchanged for one bulb, one homeboy threw in two lasts of wheat, which is worth 448 florins, four lasts of rye, which is 558 florins. Which is the last, like what that guy carries on his back in the the little picture. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Four fat oxen. Mm Mm-hmm. That's 480 florins. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight fat swine. That's only 240 florins. Really? Dude, guess how much 12 fat sheep, how many florins is worth? 75. 120, good guess. Okay. Um, two hogsheads of wine. What the fuck is that? Two oh, hogs- I guess so you visualize it. It's, <laughs> it's, a, about a, it's about a jug. A, it's a jug <laughs> made out of a hog's egg. Sign of a, sign of a pig, uh, yeah. Size of a pig's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much? No for, oh, that's cheap. For two hogs. 50. It's close, 70. Um, four tons of beer. 100. Keep in mind, a ton yeah. is 2,000 pounds. I know. That's how I'm, tri- I'm tripping. Like, is yeah. it actually? They yes, actually I need checked a ton? it. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> 2,000 pounds of beer? Yeah. I don't know. Four, 8,000 tons of beer. 32 florins. Wow, dude. <clears throat> two tons of butter. You should know so, this one by now. Two tons of butter would be 200. Yeah, Florence. 192. Yeah, I guess you get a discount if yeah. you throw two. <laughs> it's like the Beanie Babies. 1,000 pounds of cheese? Wow. That huh. shit's getting... That shit's... 1,000 uh, pounds That's of cheese? That's a half ton. 1,000 pounds of cheese yeah. is... 120. 120. Florence. Okay, cool. Uh, a complete bed? <laughs> 35. Say if there's anything in the bed, it just says it's a complete bed. Yeah, like is it a queen? Yeah, is it a king? It's just what? Just get they only came in one size <laughs> bed. Your wife come with it. There's only one size of bed. I bet you they only had one size beds back then. I'm sure it, you the wherever you bought your bed depended on the size of the bed. No, or you made multiple. Dude, sizes. back then, if you see any books, it's always one size. It's like single a little bed. single bed. Yeah, that's how beds were back then. Yeah. you got a hundred for the bed. Nice. Uh, a suit of clothes. That's 80 florins. Okay. A silver drinking cup. Mm, I don't know. 60 florins. Nice. So that was a total of 2,500 florins, okay, that a dude gave up for one viceroy 
bulb. Whoa, all yep. that, all that <laughs> for one little bulb. But then, he, but then he can. But then that means he can grow the that from that bulb and and make ten bulbs exactly. So in eight years, <laughs> <laughs> in eight years you will have um, five. Uh, what do you call it? <laughs> they're like viruses. Mo- they're like viruses. Yeah, this money doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> it's a completely different money. Look, by the time these bulbs come out of the ground, you're gonna be dead. Yeah, seriously. Um, seriously. And so yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get bored by a, you're gonna get a, what do they call it when you get husked? Husked? Yeah, like hornswoggled. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get fucking jacked by a fucking boar. Well, and more importantly, that's assuming tusk, you tusk. have you have a good growing season for that one. Yeah. Re- that one window of opportunity yeah. Yeah. to get this shit out of the ground. And then you see a fucking swarm of locusts coming to take over. <laughs> you're fucking like, oh my god, oh my god, there goes my whole life. This is done. The locusts, honey, the locusts. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, did you see the forecast this week? <laughs> Looks lo- like we got some floods coming. Yeah. Uh, um, just so you know, all of our florins are in this one bulb. We're fucked. Yeah. It's over. Okay. <sighs> uh, McKay, this is by McKay's account. Now, he remember, he wrote this 200 years after all this went down. He says, the panicked tulip speculators sought help from the government which responded by declaring that anyone who had bought contracts to purchase bulbs in the future could void their contract by giving up 10% of the fee. Well, attempts were made to resolve the situation to the satisfaction of all parties, but they were unsuccessful. So according to McKay, the mania finally ended with individuals stuck with bulbs that they had held at the end of the crash and no court would enforce payment or contract since judges regarded the debts as contracted through gambling and thus not enforceable by law. Mm. Um, lesser tulip minis also occurred in other parts of Europe, uh, but they never reached anything close to what went down in the Netherlands. So the modern views of McKay's account, they differ because all of this information went unchallenged and unexamined for years. So people up until like the 80s just thought that this is what went down. Apparently, history wasn't being passed well from the 17th century. I don't know why. We seem to know everything else about the kings and the queens. And they the, fucking, because they, I don't know when the library, all those, when was the library of Alexandria burnt down? Fuck, I don't know. I don't even know. Is that one of the eighth wonders of the world or some shit? <laughs> Dude, it's, that, it's the one that looks like the fucking, I thought it was, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, but uh, yeah. I well, the know. whole point is now researchers say, or, I'm sure or, all this shit's at the, underneath the Vatican. Probably, probably there with the fucking gravity, anti-gravity machines, and fucking Galileo's fucking books and shit. Yeah, they Galileo's. called him a heretic. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, um, a lot of people are basically saying this is a complete inaccurate, in, an incomplete and inaccurate story. Um, well, right. we'll complete it for me. This woman named Anne Goldgar, she yeah. wrote in 2007 that the phenomenon was limited to a very small group and that most accounts from the period are based on one or two contemporary pieces of propaganda and a prodigious amount of plagiarism. So this whole thing could just be complete fucking bullshit. Okay. But I find, I, you know, it's like kind of like playing a game of telephone. Shit gets exaggerated for years and years down the road. I Uh, mean, it's just crazy that like, 
It's, <clears throat> I mean, I did not even think they had futures markets in the 1700s. Neither did I. It's, it, but like, it's crazy. It's not like a real, it's not like a futures, obviously it's not a future. It's crazy how like their quote unquote forward market, right? It's like, no, 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 motherfucker. I, you have a contract to buy these bushels of fucking, these bulbs for me. Yeah, we're taking your hand. Yeah, give me your fucking, <laughs> yeah. Um, for that price, you're taking both hands. Uh, there are some rational explanations. Um, it's There is a well-established history that there was a massive collapse between the years 1637 to 1637, but not nearly as dramatic as what-his-name um, what McKay attributed it to, uh, even though Viceroy Tulip was worth upwards of five times the cost of an average home at the time. That's fucking nuts. Whoa. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah, I feel like that's some kind of yeah. I, I smell some bullshit here. I think I think there's some bullshit about it too. Um, I could see like how two kingdoms nearby, or like two wealthy people nearby the city that this all happened in. Yeah, and they're like, orchestrating and watching not, and playing God like, on no, these. No, fucks. no, no, no. But like in a way, had some kind of had some kind of like big dick competition with like a very small group of people when it came to tulips you know what i mean like i don't know how to explain it right. like like oh like furnish my whole mansion with tulips i mean i don't even know how much that would take yeah i i'm i'm so confused about this whole thing i don't even know what angle to take at it yeah it's just one of those things that you hear and you see people talk about especially like did you see wall street 2 money never sleeps no, well, I don't. I didn't even saw the first one. Oh, barely. dude, what is wrong with you? I'm not, it's one of the best films of all time. Okay, I'll uh, watch it anyway. Uh, I noticed when I was rewatching it, it's a shit movie, the second one. But Michael Douglas has a picture in in his office or in his house of the tulip mania, you know, collapse, and I think it's just been turned into something mythical, um, and as a metaphor, obviously for you know crashing markets of spe specific assets yeah um mm. anyway it's just always been one of those fascinating stories and you know it's there have been many economic collapses in history as we know you've got 29 before that there was a, a, a big collapse after the civil war after reconstruction and then you know these very famous collapses like the Mississippi Company and the South Sea Company. Um, and it's just, I think it's almost just like something needed to fill the gap during that part of history where they were like, yeah, I didn't write a lot of shit down, but I remember this fucking asshole. He was yeah. a drunk. Yeah. And he used to hang out at our tavern a lot. And one day I got him really fucked up and I convinced him to give me his life savings uh, oh, for God. a tulip <laughs> Yeah, exactly. it was probably just some fucking yeah. loser. Yeah. So anyway, that's it for Tulip Mania. This is what you need to do, Dave, when you create a good podcast. Yes. Once in a while, you're going to find a piece of shit doc like this yep. one, which um, is no comparison to Beanie Babies, which we're going to cover next week. Um, but you have to get a look. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, don't you dare try to sneak that one past me. We ain't playing wiffle ball here. Uh, anyway, uh, obviously, I have to ask, because it's part of the show, would you consider watching this documentary? No. Under no circumstances? No circumstances. Okay. But we're still yeah. possibly yeah. watching uh, something Uprising. Valley Uprising. Vise Valley Uprising. Yeah. 
It's not bad. It's been coming across my algo too. Oh, it has. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, it that's hears me. <laughs> that's it for this episode. Thank you um, for joining in, guys. We love your comments. We love your five likes. Star review. We love your five star reviews. We made it to the top fifty of last last week. We made it to the top fifty of stand up category. That is so nice. So you didn't even tell me that. No, I didn't. So we're, we have a little growth, and yep. um, you know we're we're always. Here's the thing that helps me the best is when you give me those docs to to review, uh, the leads. Yep. Um, I do go through all of them, jump on the discord and more importantly, keep your um, anonymity though. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we did recording it. We'll see you next week for episode 59, sticky strips, devil's lettuce, smoke it, baby, smoke it.